Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I think the development of full artificial intelligence will spell the end of the human race. It's a flying object and we don't know what it is. I would hope somebody is checking it out. I'm glad the Pentagon is looking at this, because if it poses a threat, I want them on top. Well, the craft generates its own gravitational field. Can you send their lights in the sky? The internet has become the command center for criminals and terrorists. Let it happen. Yeah, well, that's, that's what we're instructed to say. Roswell, Area 51, alien kept deep under the ground. self-serving you're here for a reason you're listening to troubled minds radio broadcasting live from a secret bunker just off the extraterrestrial highway Somewhere in the desert sands outside of Las Vegas. From somewhere in space time, loosely labeled Generation X on planet Earth. And asking questions of you in earnest. Into Good evening and welcome to Trouble Minds Radio. I am your host, Michael Strange. I am here with your co-host, Frank Pierce. And we would like to say hello to all of you who might also have troubled minds. 
What's up, guys? It is the Sunday show. This is a live show. If you'd like to be part of it tonight, the number to call, 702-957-1037. You can find that phone number on troubledminds.org. That's the official website. You can also find the Discord link. Click that. Get in Discord. Come talk to us. Come talk to Frank. Come talk to Mike. Talk about all the crazy things that we like to talk about. You know what those things are. Aliens. Conspiracy. <laughs> the technocracy. The big brother state. You, you know it. We're talking about it. We've been talking about it. We're going to continue talking about it. It is all the things that they tell us we shouldn't do. So, uh, of course, in the uh, true spirit of, I'll do what I want. <laughs> Here's we are. Here we are doing what we want. So, uh, uh, yes, so if you guys are new, what we're going to do is uh, Sunday night is story night. So we're going to tell a story tonight. And it's going to be an interesting story. We had a, a poll on the last show Thursday night, and you guys voted resoundingly that you wanted to hear aliens in the freezer. So <laughs> uh, there you go. Hang on. This is going to be a wild one, guys. But uh, okay, so if you're new, what we're going to do first is we'll go over some news. We got picked a couple news topics tonight because this is a long story. We'll uh, breeze through some news, and um, we'll do some shout-outs in a sec here, and then we'll get into the story. And uh, yeah, quite a story it is. So uh, yeah, that's what's uh, that's what's on the agenda tonight. It is story night. So uh, one more time, 702-957-1037. We're watching the phone lines. And you can find that on troubledminds.org along with the Discord link. So uh, you can join us on the show that way as well. Um, yeah, all right. But otherwise, you guys know what we're waiting for. We're all waiting for this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, your co-host, Frank Pierce. Hello, I'm Frank Pierce, back again for hopefully another exciting show. And as always, please do call in. Please do join the Discord. Please do type in comments because... Your comments, your feedback, your dialogue is very important to us. That's what helps keep the show going, and we find it incredibly fascinating to talk with you guys. Now, we've been debating lately on the show, if you've been tuning in, what is truth? If someone shows you a UFO video, do you believe it? If someone shows you an alien, do you say, hey, yeah, that's true? Or do you doubt them? If CNN shows you a news article, do you believe it? If Fox News shows you something, do you think it's a lie? What is the truth? And that's a tricky question, isn't it? It's tricky to really understand. What what do you need to know in order to believe something? And it's something to keep in mind as you're, you're listening. If I told you I ate a hamburger for lunch today, would you believe me? Maybe. Maybe I'm lying to you. So, I don't know. It's a, something to keep in mind. What do you need in order to believe something? And that's what we're going to find out tonight. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Frank. Uh, shout outs. We've got Carl. What's up? Carl gets first tonight. Thanks for showing up, man. We got Fred, Bill, Eric, Sergio, Joshua, Benjamin, Michael. Uh, did I say Christopher? Uh, Eric, David, Aaron, uh, Eric, Paul. What's up, Paul? He says, uh, Paul from Iowa, currently out in New Mexico. I hear New Mexico is beautiful. I've only driven through there. And Dave, what's up? Thanks for showing up, guys. Um, if uh, you show up late or you're just showing up, uh, drop in the chat. Say hello where you're uh, where you're saying hi from, and we'll say hi back. Hello from Las Vegas, and uh, this is Trouble Blinds Radio. So uh, let's do some news. What we got, Frank? Okay, right off the bat here, let's go to new images from the Chinese rover on the far side of the moon or the dark side of the moon. So they've been coming out slowly. You would expect a lot more. You'd expect uh, you know video, uh, you know trajectories and maps and all this kind of stuff, but they're 
dribbling the new details out. So this one is from spaceflightnow.com. And uh, there's a video of the thing landing, which is quite cool to see. You actually see the moon landing in high definition. Uh, there's another video of this rover doing some wheelies or like, I guess, donuts on the surface of the moon. And there's a nice panorama shot that shows uh, the entire thing. And it is pretty interesting to see these images. Uh, you know, I was kind of doubting they put this thing there. I was thinking to myself, there's so little detail. There's so much they've been kind of hiding. Maybe this thing isn't there at all. Maybe it's like NASA with the rover on Mars that is actually in northern Canada. If you've been following the show for a while, you know all about that. But this thing, I think it's there. I think it is actually there. So again, there's the question of the proof. What do you need to prove things? So this video, I don't know if you want to pull it up and play a little bit of it. So quite interesting to see the moon landing in high definition in our modern time. Let's play it, play in the video. So this was, uh, this is the, the Chang'e, which is, uh, the Chinese goddess of the moon. If anybody's not familiar with the, uh, why they termed it this, uh, this pretty neat name. And it's landing. This actually, th this is actually landing and they sped this up, uh, times two, I believe. Um, and it's, uh, it's got some kind of algorithm on board that's supposed to scan what's going on underneath and choose a suitable landing spot that kind of, uh, avoids boulders and, uh, you know, uh, craters and things that will be hazards to land in. And that's kind of what it's doing. It's floating down here and scanning and kind of, um, yeah, I got that right, Frank. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure that's what yeah. That's a that's a very good point to bring up. Is because of the latency, the delay time between this rover and the people sitting there in China, there's no way for them to control this thing like a remote control vehicle, right? Uh, they'll input something, and then maybe five, ten seconds later, they'll actually get a response. So this thing is landing by itself, essentially, which is the which is pretty amazing. So you can see it; uh, it's panning down. It's looking at the, the surface here trying to figure something out. So uh, as we talked about on our previous show, the, uh, the, the images from Mars here are going to, are they going to be slow? We expect them to be slow coming from China, of course, but uh, we got some pretty, pretty neat looking stuff to this point. So we got, so not only this video of the actual landing itself, there's some uh, selfie cams type stuff, which is in the article. I'll, I'll put the article in the chat here on Facebook. If you guys want to take a look, look at the article yourself and watch the video, but uh, there's some there's some pretty impressive stuff here, and uh, guess what? That moon, as you see, as we go down and down and down to the uh, the actual landing, you can see that the moon looks exactly like wow, <laughs> it did in the Apollo missions and and all the photographs we've had since. So uh, either now this is one giant worldwide conspiracy, or uh, maybe somebody's been to the moon. <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, uh, here we go. The landing. The the final final uh little bit here okay i'm gonna link this real quick in chat if you guys want to check out the video and uh no there is something in this article that's kind of conspiratorial is the very final line they say china's next lunar mission the Chang'e 5 could launch by the end of 2019 to land on the moon scoop up samples and return the specimens to earth and you have to wonder are they just collecting moon rocks or are they going to be collecting other things too uh, that's an awful tight timeline, right? 2018. And then this year, they're putting a second rover on the moon. Like they, they, they've found something there. They want to get up there as quickly as possible, or they just have money to throw around and they want to do something. But uh, this is amazing. So this year, 2019, they're going to be sending up there to bring back samples. And we've heard previous discussion about setting up a moon base on the moon. So 
this is moving forward. This is faster than you could imagine. This isn't years between moon missions. This is, you know, looks like six months between moon missions for these guys. Uh, so stay tuned. Keep watching the news. This is a very exciting time to see what comes out of it. Yes, definitely. So uh, there's the, there's some pictures. And again, uh, so I linked the, the video if you guys want to check that out. Pretty good stuff. And uh, this is China, guys. They're on the moon. Chang'e 4 is this mission. And uh, just like Frank said, they're gonna. there's a follow-up. Chang'e 5. It's supposed to be there soon, very soon. So they're already lining up subsequent follow-up missions to, uh, to this particular landing. And uh, yeah, yeah, pretty good stuff. What do you guys think? So if you guys... Uh, we have a uh, okay. We got uh, a phone call. We'll take this in a sec, um, and a uh, couple more quick shout outs. We got people uh, straggling in. So um, we're talking about the uh, China and Chang'e four and the the dark side of the moon, the far side of the moon. Uh, okay, a few more shout outs here. So um, Russ from Connecticut, what's up? Esteban from South Texas, Brian from uh, Burlington, North Carolina. We got Tony from Michigan, Kyle from Sea uh, Town. Not even sure what that is. Lots of C's out there. Jose, que pasa, gente? What's up, man? How you doing? Um, Joshua from Florida. Anthony, New Mexico. We got uh, Jose from Los Angeles. Bill from um, uh, Wisconsin, looks like. And uh, yeah, tons of good stuff. Thanks, guys. We appreciate you guys shouting out, uh, telling us where you're listening from, because it is pretty cool, pretty pretty interesting in this day and age to uh, to hear all the corners of the earth that are hearing us right now. So pretty, pretty good stuff. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for commenting. Thanks for listening. Okay. And a couple comments real quick. So we got Millie wants to know the dark side of the moon looks pretty illuminated. Shouldn't it be pitch black or is that just a filter they're using? Funny you say that. I used to think the same thing. And if you go back in some of our shows, you'll hear me make similar comments, but apparently the dark side of the moon is not actually dark. It does get sunlight and it's uh, just known as the dark side because we can't see it from earth because uh, it's tidally locked, does not spin, and so it's been dubbed, I guess, poetically, the dark side of the moon. But more accurate would be the far side of the moon. Did I get that right, Frank? I think that's right. Yeah, essentially that's it. Is It's always facing away from us, so they call it the dark side. It's more dark because we don't know anything about it, rather than the quantity of light. Right, there you go. So uh, again, something I did not actually know until we started doing this show for quite some time. <laughs> uh, okay, and then... Uh, what else? We have, uh, Tony says, why is everything so dull? It seems like there would be some sort of color texture. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it looks like the, uh, we, so the, the photograph you see here has the, the lander itself and you see some of that, uh, gold colored foil. I don't know if that's gold itself. Would that be maybe gold actually on the thing to, uh, to reflect the, uh, the radiation? I'm not sure, but you can see that the color on that, I'm not sure if that's Photoshop. I would imagine it is, but there you go. There's your contrast on the color. But it is. The, the, the moon's pretty dull, right? Like, it's got that sandy, kind of gray, dry, whatever's there, and that's it. It's kind of it. Yeah. It is interesting. Some of the other pictures they've released, uh, the moon looks a lot like Mars, actually. It's all red in, in color. And, you know, there's a whole debate going on about changing the colors and changing, editing the photos. And you'll see it if you look in some of these other photos. I don't think there's one in this article. No, I don't think so. But, yeah, they have to change colors uh, to get a good image like maybe we'll pull one up for later but yeah it is like that it's washed out it's dry it's dull there's just nothing there it's all gray maybe or maybe it isn't maybe this is an edited video again it's hard to tell because they keep changing these things around so much yeah so you would have to change the contrast and all the all the things to actually get a, you know a viewable photograph so i think some of that's acceptable but when you start changing the entire landscape colors and uh you know putting colors that aren't actually there can't be seen by the human eye type stuff. I think you're cheating at that point. 
Okay, so, uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. They're here. They are there, I mean. China is on the far side of the moon. It's official. We've got photographs. We've got the actual video of the landing. And just like I asked before when we talked about this, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel uh, a little uneasy that China's up there doing some things that maybe we don't really know what they're doing? <laughs> and now they're racing to get uh, a, a next and a next and a next mission behind this one. Uh, it definitely makes me feel a little uneasy myself because I'm not sure specifically what they're up to. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny because we've said on the show many times is the first step is go to the moon. Second step, build a base on the moon. Uh, step after that, you know, start building factories and fuel collection points on the moon and, and start launching rockets from there because it's so, so, so much cheaper. And that's what we need to be doing. And China's doing it instead. And meanwhile, we got Elon Musk, you know, pretending to go to Mars. Well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But these are the steps you need to take. Go to the moon first, then go to Mars. And it looks like China's on track for that. Right. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> so many good comments. Thanks for the comments, guys. We're going to take this call in a sec, too. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dennis, what's up? Thanks for showing up, man. Millie says, we can land on Mars and set up shop, but they're showing us images that look like technology from the 60s. <laughs> uh, good point. <laughs> That's a pretty good point, actually. Um, Heward from New York. What's up? George from Idaho. What's happening? Kyle from Cleveland. Dennis from the Philippines. Look at that. Eugene from South Africa. We are all over the world, guys. Ramon from New Mexico. Appreciate it. Appreciate all the uh, all the uh, <laughs> the places you guys are listening from. Okay, we're gonna take this call and then we'll move on to the next one. All we got to keep this call quick because we got a long story to tell tonight. So let's uh, let's do this real quick and then we'll keep on trucking. You are on Trouble Minds with Frank and Mike. Hello. Angel, right? Yeah, it's me. Hey. Hey, Angel. Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm uh, still calling from uh, um, California in, uh, well, in a little small town. Well, not exactly a small town. It's like the fifth largest town in California, but, you know, just wanted to call in. And uh, that's, pretty, that, that's pretty much I just want to call in, but I also got a few things to say. But if you guys have a story, I'll go quick, and all uh, that's it. Okay. What you got on your mind, man? Let's go, let's go quick. All right. So speaking about China, yeah, well, yeah, they... they if they're ta if they're sending some um, a satellite to explore and maybe at the end of 2019, as you said, maybe they might check out um, uh, any like specimens from the moon. Possibly, I mean, what if they built a satellite that will be able to like capture anything that's sort of um, out of mystery or something like that? Might be uh, possible. Uh, for that to happen because well China's space program is starting to get a little bit more developed as it was back then because back then they didn't really have a good space program they weren't involved in anything and um, well that that's pretty really much like they're starting to be advanced and uh, another thing uh, um, so if you guys are taking other mysteries if that's okay when you know I don't know if you guys ever heard of something um, it's involved uh, within shortwave radio um, it was, it, this is uh, a really weird, weird station that comes on sometimes randomly. I, I need to find out the schedule, but it, it's like this really fast robotic uh, voice saying Chinese numbers, and it's owned by the Chinese Defense Force. Although some say it's owned by Chinese intelligence, and it's called the uh, Chinese robot. It's pretty creepy, though, and uh, that just kind of gives me a bit conspiracies of what they're doing. We don't know what they're doing on China, considering that they're a little isolated and a hermit out there sometimes. Um, 
even some users in China have to use a VPN, virtual private networks, to access others. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much uh, what I wanted to say. You know, the China's mysteries and uh, what they're doing uh, to get to the dark side of the moon and also find specimens, pretty much. Yeah, you got it, man. So uh, I think at some point we will do a, a whole show on number stations, or at least maybe cut out part of a part of a show to talk about it because we we have looked into that quite a bit there's also a yosemite sam I, i've said this in a previous show that kind of uh transmits on a number station yes, randomly that one. right i've also looked into that one yeah so so we are familiar with them um the very beginning of the intro is a number station on the uh the, if you listen to the very beginning it's actually a number station so frank and i have listened to some of those and uh, oh. we are equally curious so we will get to those at some point i hadn't heard of the chinese one so if you can find that uh the frequency that broadcasts on um drop it in chat i'd appreciate that and then we'll look into it now uh, we'll definitely talk about it in the future anything Got on it. frank love the show guys appreciate it man yeah thanks for the call Okay, sweet. Thanks. That's Angel from California. Appreciate it, guys. Um, there we go. All right, let's keep on trucking. Uh, anything else on on the call there, or on uh, China and the dark side? Them in there, Frank. Yeah, he just mentioned that uh, the space program is you know starting to become advanced, but I would say they're already there. Is they're they're charging ahead full speed, and if I were China myself, I'd be putting men on the moon by 2020, and then I'd claim the whole thing for myself, right? And I'm sure that's what's going to happen. I'm, I'm telling you right now, they're going to claim the entire because they can, right? They can. Well, <laughs> nobody's stopping them yet, so uh, I guess we'll see. Exciting times to be alive. Thank you again for the call, Angel from California, and uh, pretty good points. We will get to number of stations at some point, so thank you for that. Um, okay, anything else there, Frank? We got one more, and then we'll uh, jump into the story here. Story, story. Yeah, this is one you you picked out here. This. Uh, why don't you tell us about this one? This looks pretty. Okay, so this one is uh, reported by EarthSky.org. Let's pull this on screen here. And uh, this is, um, they're talking about Barnard B, Barnard Star. So uh, B is the planet, one of the nearest planets to our sun at only six light years away. And this article, again by EarthSky.org, is speculating that uh, there might be life there. So here's some artist renditions in the article itself. And... The reason they say this, okay, so there's a couple things about this. It's a it's a dwarf star. You can see the image right there. Our sun is as large as this, and this is for scale, right? The orbital distance is AU, or astronomical unit, which is uh, the distance from the sun to the Earth, and uh, the size of Barnard's versus our sun itself. So you can see the, the size differences. And then the planet in question is actually as close to that sun as Mercury, but the the their sun, Barnard's star, is actually a lot cooler than ours. So they're saying that uh, in this article, which is pretty good stuff, uh, this is actually citing a paper from Edwin Guinan and Scott Engel of Villanova. Uh, there's a, a link to their paper here in the article. I'll put the article up if you guys want to check this out. It's in the Facebook page right now in the chat. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I thought the interesting thing was here we are uh, talking about a star that's six light years away and a planet that we're speculating has life because it's hot, right? And it's, they say it's too hot for life, except they're saying that maybe underneath the crust, there's uh, geothermic activity and other things here. Hold on. Let me read this real quick. Um, the most significant aspect of the, of the discovery of Barnard's star B is that the two nearest star systems in the sun are now known to host planets. This supports previous studies based on Kepler mission data, inferring that planets can be very common throughout the galaxy, even numbering in the tens of billions. 
Also, Barnard stars about twice as old as the sun, about 9 billion years, compared to 4.6 billion for our sun. And, uh, yeah, there we go. Okay, so, so there we go. Uh, so the bottom line here, that's what I was actually looking for. A new study shows that the nearby exoplanet might host primitive life if it has a heat source other than its dim sun, such as a, such as a large, hot iron and nickel core, just like Earth has, and enhanced geothermal activity. So pretty good stuff. Um, I thought it was pretty cool because they laid out uh, the astronomical units here and then the, uh, the, the, the depictions of um, the sizes. It was pretty neat stuff. But uh, again, here we are, you know, like talking about how close things are that might harbor life. Pretty good stuff. What do you think about this one, Frank? Yeah, in the 80s, they were telling us, you know, there's only a handful of planets in this Goldilocks zone that can support life. Uh, there's only, you know, a few. And then cut to today, well, apparently every other star has planets that can support life in some way or another. We got exoplanet that can support life completely away from any stars floating in the void. They can support life due to geothermal activity underneath. Then we got stuff like this, uh, planets we just never discovered before that are supporting life. So there could be so many aliens out there, so many strange things, so much life that it's unbelievable. And, you know, I think we've been kind of conditioned by this, the astronomy from the 80s to think that we're, we're alone in the universe. There's nothing there. But looking at things like this, life could be everywhere. Yes, everywhere. And we're about to find out. Maybe maybe China pulls a uh, alien gopher out of the moon. <laughs> and, of course, I jest. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens and how close it ends up being. If it's uh, as close as Mars or maybe even as close as the moon. Who knows? We haven't really explored underneath, under the uh, the crust of the moon itself, so maybe uh, some crazy stuff's about to go down in the next decade, and that would be pretty sweet. Um, but okay, yeah, so that's uh, that's all for this one, really. So I'm going to uh, suggest that we move on. What do you say, Frank? Let's do it. Okay, let's do it. So uh, one more time, so we're going to tell this story, guys. If you want to uh, jump in, we'll, we're going to keep the calls quick tonight, so if you uh, do have a comment, please call us. We'll put you on, uh, but we're not going to take uh, you know, 10, 15-minute calls or else we'll never get through the story. So if you want to call and say hi and give us a quick comment, we'd love it, 702-957-1037, and you can find the Discord link on troubleminds.org. That's the official website, um, and yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. Where does this one start, Frank? Okay, this... Uh Again, I, I want everyone listening to keep in mind, what does it take for you to believe someone? Because, you know, for me, it would be seeing it by myself or seeing it for myself. Um, but maybe some are more trustworthy. I don't know. So what would it take? What what proof do you need to believe someone? Because this story tonight, there's a lot of proof, but you may not believe it. So I think it's an interesting case study in a cool alien story that may or may not be true and has plenty of proof with it. But we'll see as we get into it. So. What's this all about? Aliens in the freezer. What, what's this all about? Why is this a fascinating topic? Well, let's play the first clip. It starts with a guy going for a walk in the woods. Sounds pretty normal, right? Well, let's... This all happened back in August 15th, 1996. That was a Tuesday in Seattle, Washington, near Seattle, Washington. Uh, I had gone for a hike a day hike uh, mm -hmm. with my dog Susie, who was a seven-year-old golden retriever. You know, to get out of get out of the city, which is where I was living at the time, about you know a 45 to 50-minute drive to a beautiful, pristine area near Snoqualmie Pass, uh, about 60 miles from east of Seattle. 
So we just got in my Jeep and my dog and I, as we did so many times, and drove to the mountains and parked where we normally parked. And that time, it was about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, and, and like I said, it's the Pacific Northwest, Washington State, is a beautiful, evergreen uh, area that has lots of trails and, and old logging trails. And that's a base, essentially what this was. We had been there many times before, casually walking, casually, occasionally seeing some wildlife. Uh, early in the, the day when we started walking, we saw some deer. And this was common, uh, you know, and you could take your dog off, off the leash and let her run. And Well, it can get crisp late in the afternoon, but it's still, we have some late summers. And this happened to be a very warm uh, late summer day. It was a little bit overcast, but for the most part, very, very nice fall day. Okay. So we just uh, continued to walk uh, down this this old logging trail, you know, occasionally stopping to uh, chase raccoons or look at some of the wildlife and, and just casually walking. Just casually okay. walking. Starts He's going for a walk. Nice and so quiet. This guy's name, <laughs> yeah, exactly. This guy's name is Jonathan Reed, Dr. Jonathan Reed, and he's out for a walk in the woods. And what can go wrong, you know? I do that all the time, go for a walk in the woods, like admire the wildlife, get away from the computer and the emails and the news. It's a pleasant thing to do. But you have to wonder, there's stuff out there. Everyone, going back into ancient times, going back even to the to the current day, we see stuff in the woods that we don't expect. And this guy, he's about to see something that he does not expect. So let's play clip two and get right into it. Was that trouble with the dog? Yep. All right. <laughs> Action. Just making sure they're numbered here, but uh, I numbered them different because I'm a knucklehead. All right, here we go. Action. She was a great dog and and followed direction well. She would come when I called her, and she would stay next to me when I, when I would say stay. So she was pretty obedient. But this time she ran off, and she was barking, and I didn't think too much of it at first. And then I could hear her barking, the sound of her barking change. It sounded more like she was in a little bit of distress or maybe had found some kind of animal that was backed up against a tree or something. And again, I didn't panic. I, I figured, okay, well, she'll, you know, get out of there in a moment. And Susie was a pretty big dog. She was about 80 pounds, so big golden retriever. So as I continued to walk, and, and I couldn't see her, but I could hear hear her, and it sounded like she was probably... Oh, 150 yards up the up the trail, and and at this point it started to change almost to a yelp. So I knew something had happened. Something was different. You get to know your dog's, you know, vo- voice, and I just knew something had changed. So at that point, I increased my speed and uh, hurried along, and I still couldn't find her because the underbrush. In this area is very dense, and there's a very heavy tree canopy, and I could not see her, but I could hear her, 
and I was getting closer and closer to where she was. So at that point, I figured, okay, she's probably either treed a raccoon or maybe even a small wildcat because we have those in the area. And if that were if that were the case, she could be very, very seriously in trouble. So I set my backpack down, and I grabbed a branch that was laying on the side of the path that was the size of a long baseball bat. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. Uh, dogs in trouble. Distress a little bit. And he grabs a stick. <laughs> right? Uh, not not completely out of the, the question here with anything crazy. Sounds like a yeah, normal... So, yeah, so far this seems like a normal encounter. You know, he's in the woods. He, his dog's like fighting some raccoon or some wildcat. And, you know, it seems completely mundane. So you're probably thinking to yourself, why are we even telling you this story? Well, that was the setup. Now, he goes, he goes charging in the woods. He's trying to save his dog. He's got the stick with him. And he's wondering, what the hell's going on here? Why is my dog attacking something? What's the sound? Is it in trouble? Well, he's about to see something. Let's play the clip number three, Seeing the Creature. I ran forward and still listening to her sound of her yelping now. And I couldn't see her, but I, I knew I was close. And I just ran over this little ridge and kind of kind of jumped down through the through the underbrush and all of a sudden I saw her engaged with what looked to me at the time like a small size dimension figure very dark almost black and it was the size of a child it was mostly the size of a child but what I was seeing it was solid but but the darkness of the area and it and at the moment I saw it it was shaking it was vibrating like a paint shaker extremely quickly so that all I could barely see was the outline but it my dog it, it appeared to me at first that my dog had this thing by the arm and I yelled Susie let go what I saw 
was my dog looking, it looked like my dog with her mouth was attached to the, the forearm of this thing. And they were both vibrating, and my dog was yelping. But then all of a sudden I saw clearly that it wasn't my dog that had a hold of this. If you, if you can imagine part of your arm molding itself on the head of my dog, grabbing the outside of the head of my dog, and then before my very eyes, I saw my dog being torn apart at the jaw. I mean, her body was ripped from her jaw down to her backbone. There was blood everywhere. Holy smokes. Okay, so uh, this is no longer a possible raccoon sighting. This has uh, escalated just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> wow. If anybody has dogs, yeah, you know how, how tragic that is. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and I think what he's saying is true. You know, as a former dog owner myself, you get to know when your dog, you know, is making certain noises. And to see something like this, that's that's horrifying. But imagine that you're walking through the woods and then you see this creature and your dog fighting and, and they're shaking, they're vibrating, they're almost jittering and it, it looks weird and all of a sudden it kills your dog. Well, what do you do? What would you do in that situation? Uh, well, let's see. He picked up a branch and he was ready. So whatever's killing your dog, you go attack it with the branch. <laughs> well, but th this must be Canada or some other backward ass country because uh, I'd be packing. So <laughs> we'd have a different story there, but uh, I guess he's got a branch with him. So. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah, this guy, I think it's a uh, Pacific Northwest, Oregon, I believe. Oh, that's right. And, um, that's right. Washington he's state. Like an, yeah, he's like an academic type. So I don't think he's packing heat, but he does have the branch. So what does he do with it? Uh, I think you guessed right. So let's play clip number four. Okay, real quick. Do we know what a, this guy's a doctor of? Rajesh in the comments had a, has a doctor of what? Do we know? So I believe it's a um, psychiatry or psychology or something like that. So not a medical doctor, but a kind of a scientific shrink. Okay. Gotcha. There we go. All right. Here we go. This is what happens after the dog gets torn apart. At this moment, this thing stopped and looked at me. It stopped shaking just for a second and looked at me with these big, dark eyes and then turned back to my dog and my dog started to literally implode, get smaller. Like if you can imagine something vacuuming something up from the inside out. And then all that was left was this white gray ash that fell to the ground. And at this point, I jumped forward and hit this thing as hard as I could in the head with this bat, trying to kill it. And it screamed and I screamed too. And all I remember is the insane feeling of, I have to stop this. I have to stop her from dying. I have to, and it was way too late for that. The second I hit this thing, trying to kill it, and I wanted to kill it. As I struck it, its head, it, it started to fall down. It, the branch had breached its skull. It had broken its skull. Okay, so there's a entity here that he's uh, clobbers with the branch and uh, possibly broke part of his skull. So uh, we have a victory. Earth 1, <laughs> Galaxy 0. Uh, wow, okay. Uh, how are you feeling about this so far, guys? Is this uh, 
a little terrifying, right? If this, uh, imagine this happened to you out, out with a regular old walk with your dog in the forest. And, uh, yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty terrifying to this point, I would say. Uh, but yeah, if you, uh, if you guys have comments, you know what to do. 702-957-1037. We'll take calls. Uh, go to troubleminds.org. You can find the phone number and the discord link. We'll, we'll put you on. You can talk to Frank and Mike and, uh, talked about this stuff, the alien, the attack, the dog. <laughs> hitting an alien with the stick a supposed alien let's say and yeah yeah okay all right frank <laughs> yeah i don't know this is it's pretty creepy especially coming off the back of that missing 411 episode we did uh if you didn't see that go check it out it was a good one i think like there's strange stuff in the woods they could be bigfoot could be aliens could be interdimensional fairies you never know this guy looks like he sees some kind of creature some kind of alien creature and yeah, I think he did what everyone would do is, you know, smash the thing up, especially if it just killed your dog right in front of you. But I don't know. So far, to me, pretty believable. You no, know? if if there are aliens out there, then someone's seen one and this guy just might be it. So what do you do in that situation? You got, um, oh, can you reset your thing? I'm echoing a bit. Yep, you got it. Keep going. Keep on trucking, buddy. Yeah, what do you do in that situation? You try to get proof. You try to get pictures. So that's exactly what this guy did. Uh, he, he wasn't content with just beating this thing, having his dog taken away, and then turning around and going home. He wanted to get proof, get this thing, and get some proof of this happening. So let's play that uh, clip number. Okay. Uh, let me find this real quick. All right. This is uh, pictures of the creature. Action. I sent you three different pictures of of this creature, we'll call him a creature at the moment, and this was after I had knocked it down and laid it on a thermal blanket that I had in my pack. But uh, you can see its head, you can see its neck. Um, it, oh, it, it's very, very old looking, it has veins and eyelids and a mouth and no ears, it has ear canals if you expand the one side view you can actually see the ear canals okay yeah so uh, todd wants to know what's up todd thanks for showing up he says if you crack its skull then you can kill it where's the proof i sure as hell would want to see the pictures and video he's like well <laughs> you're in luck <laughs> we'll pull him up in a sec but yeah uh so far so good so far so good we got uh hand-to-hand combat with an alien he's laid it down on his uh thermal blanket which looks very much like a like you would find an astronaut wearing, you know, maybe draped around them. I think that's a little bit curious. <laughs> but um, you know, you, you guys have seen them look like tinfoil or yeah, whatever. If you're, yeah, if you're in the woods, you take these things out for warmth. Like if you ever fall in a river or a rainstorm passes by, you always want a thermal blanket with you. It's like a good survival gear. I have one myself. So that's, to me, that's not a big problem. No, no, I was just pointing out the uh, how it looks kind of like the shiny stuff the astronauts use. <laughs> that's all. Anyway. Oh, I see. Yeah, we have these pictures. Let's pull them up and take a look. So, again, is this an alien? Is this a paper mache dummy? I don't know. Let's again. What do you need? This going back to what I said at the very start. What do you need to believe something? And is this a fake creature that he just created, or is this a real alien? Because to me, I don't know. It kind of looks like a real. Okay, here we go. So here's the ad. Uh, a. Word to the squeamish, these uh, these images are slightly graphic, so before I put this up, I'll warn you there. And uh, because he did hit this thing over the head, apparently, and it does look like it's been hit over the head. So here we go. I'm going to put the pictures up. Without further ado, 
But if you're a squeamish, <laughs> avert your eyes. <laughs> Here we go. All right, picture is up. And uh, it looks to be definitely smacked on the back of the head with something. Uh, it looks like uh, maybe a really tiny, like almost no no nose, a really tiny slit for a mouth and uh, a really tiny eye slit. It does have veins in the neck. And like he was saying, it seems like it might be old somehow or, yeah, yeah. But it is, so there's the uh, the thermal blanket laying underneath it, the, the tinfoil-looking thing like I was talking about. But, yeah, yeah, there it is. There's a good one where you can see the eyes, too. And, like, again, think about if you were to fake something like this. I don't know, buying glass eyes and putting it underneath and then building the eyelids over top. That might take a lot of work, right? That, that might be far beyond the pale for someone just... Yeah, definitely. Uh, cruising through these and... Uh... Showing everybody, I'll go back to the original one here. Uh, it's probably the largest and, and best shot. But yeah, so there he does. He does uh, open up the eyes in some other pictures. We'll get to those as we go. And there we go. Looks uh, definitely looks like something organic. It's bleeding. That's red blood, right? And uh, it's definitely some kind of um, some kind of uh, <laughs> blunt force wound on its head, on the back of its head. So to this point, I mean, he's got photographic evidence and the story lines up apparently his dog didn't come home so we've got uh, a missing a missing canine in action so all right so everything everything seems kosher to this point yeah uh what do you guys think how does this look but yeah okay go ahead frank yeah so there you go he took the pictures uh yeah can you reset that thing again <laughs> I'm driving you crazy. okay yeah so uh photograph right here we're looking at the picture and this is this alien so we got a couple comments here i'll read these if you guys have comments on the alien or whatever you want to you want to call in please do 702-957-1037 go to troubleminds.org we will uh, uh the phone number's up there and discord link if you'd rather use discord all the kids are using it these days and uh, okay so here we go um bill says why does the blood look like it splattered out like he hit it while he was laying on the blanket uh, that's a good question uh, maybe, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll get to that. We're going to go into more of this as, as the story develops. Uh, Rob says a half alien, half human, uh, young human. Um, Benjamin says a shapeshifter or reptilian. Ben, what's up? He says, these photos are from the internet. I've seen them before. Yeah. 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 So this, this whole story was told by, uh, this, uh, what was the guy's name there? Frank, uh, Dr. Some or other. Jonathan. Right. Jonathan, you cut out at the end there. Jonathan something. Uh, sorry, his name is Dr. Jonathan Reed. And uh, yeah, so this guy's story has been going around for a while, but that's where these photos are from is this whole. Okay, good, good. Uh, so Millie says possibly splattered when he dropped it on the blanket. Todd says, I believe it. Uh, Bill, it looks like the blood was laid down with a paintbrush. Okay, and then uh, Esteban, doesn't look splattered, looks pooled. Okay, well, I mean, so he socked it, dropped it on the blanket. Looks like he's bleeding maybe from the, the head wound. Um yeah, and then Joe says, uh, thin skull bones, that guy had to really whack him hard. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I guess uh, maybe he should have played baseball instead of been a doctor. Probably would have made more money. <laughs> okay, but uh, all right, so what do you guys think about this? We're waiting for calls. If you want to, uh, you have comments on how this looks or if uh, the plausibility so far, is this uh, off, the, off the, the rails already with the pictures and uh, the story? Or, yeah, yeah. Fred says, uh, looks legit. What's up, Fred? So... <laughs> where does it go from here frank yeah so so far the only unbelievable thing to me is the fact that 
there's an alien, right? That's the only, um, like everything else in the story, it just makes perfect sense that there's nothing wrong with it. So the question is, are aliens real? If you believe it, you might be inclined to believe the story. If you don't, well, you probably won't. But uh, let's go on. Let's go on with this saga continues, like stuff, crazy stuff keeps happening. So let's play clip number six and see what happens afterward. The second I hit this thing, I got sick. I got instantly, violently sick, uh, a crippling sickness that dropped me to the ground, to my knees. So sick, no control of my bowels or my bladder or throwing up to the point of bleeding, gasping for breath, and not having any muscle control in my body at all. At this Um, point, the creature is itself on the ground next to you? Laying as far as I was concerned, dead on the ground within about two and a half to three feet from me. And I was now laying face to face with it. Oh and, God. and you were I, sick as a dog. How long did that last? Probably about two and a half hours. Um, I couldn't get up. I would try to get up. I would fall back down. I would try to slow down my breathing and I would be gasping for breath. I felt like Something had instantly hit me, had overcome me, had taken over my whole body at the second that the impact of the branch hit his skull. And again, this didn't make any sense to me. It didn't make any logical sense. Prior to this, I was feeling just fine. It was just a normal day. But the so second... something, something transmitted to you through that... Yes. And yeah. the, the, the closest thing that I can relate it to that other people have, have since identified to me is, is the same feeling that people have, have said when they had had some kind of radiation poisoning. Wow. So this was, and, and when I say a crippling sickness, I mean unbelievably crippling to the point where I actually thought I was going to die within the first five or ten minutes. Whoa, <laughs> I've never been that sick where I thought I was going to just instantly keel over. But yeah, he's vomiting, he's uh, defecating, he's uh, all the things you don't want to be doing at the same time and feeling like he's going to die. So that's um, <laughs> it gives you gives you a new sense of your own mortality there for myself anyway, thinking about that. But OK, and we had some questions about the, the eyes or the eyes red. So here's a here's a close up. I zoomed in on the uh the photograph here and you can see that uh, it does appear the eyes are red or possibly bloodshot or who knows he did get knocked in the head so maybe they were white and then blood is leaking into the eyeballs who knows if anybody knows about alien physiology please give us a call <laughs> you know the number 702-957-1037 and we'd love to hear it and go to troubleminds.org that's the official website you can find the phone number in the discord link and uh, you can talk about the aliens in this incident and we have some people in here saying it's fake have some people in chat saying they believe it so uh, we're going to keep telling the story as it went. And uh, yeah, what do you think so far, Frank? Yeah, he mentions the radiation, uh, radiation sickness. And that is indeed a symptom of radiation sickness is you feel like you want to expel everything to try to get the poison out of you. Uh, you can't do it, though. So you end up barfing and vomiting and all this other nasty stuff. So, you know, the symptoms do line up. I don't know. I don't know. Let's keep going with the story. So uh, if you hear another guy talking in there in these clips, that's Art Bell, the legendary Art Bell that I clipped this out of an interview with. Um, but the main guy talking is, of course, Jonathan Reed, this who had this encounter. 
So let's play uh, clip seven. What, is, what happens after he gets sick? He's got this alien line by him. What do you do? You try to get away from the area, right? And that makes sense to me. And I think that's what he does. So let's play clip number seven and see what happens. And all I could think was, I, I've got to survive this. I've got to get away. And I started to crawl away from the body just to just to get away to maybe mentally focus on something else. As I tried to crawl away, using what little logic I could find that made any sense, I started to hear a sound, a sound in the forest. And it was a, like a low ebbing harmonic tone. And I didn't know what it was. I didn't know where it was coming from. But it, in my mind, I thought, well, maybe it's, maybe it's another hiker. Maybe, maybe somebody's got a a radio or a boombox or something, and I'm hearing right. the sound. And I right. thought, yes, I need help. I, I, I hope, you know, that this is what it is. And right. so I would kind of crawl a little farther, and I'd kind of prop myself up next to a tree, and, and then I'd get sick again, and I'd throw up, and I'd, you know, just lose all control of my, my body. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see anything, but I still could hear this sound. I could almost feel this sound. And it was almost like it was scratching in my ears, almost almost a tactile feeling. <laughs> and I went a little farther, and I'd fall down. And then I'd prop myself up against a tree, and I'd get sick again. And finally, I got almost angry. And I got up, and I kind of ran through the brush and, and actually fell down in this little ravine and then i realized i was next to something that was unbelievable cliffhanger (laughs) unbelievable i got some comments here to read real quick let's uh let's squeeze these in ben says i've heard an 80 year old woman says she saw grays with red eyes while she was driving down the road here in australia they walked across the road jumped a fence and walked off into a paddock Five of them. Okay, there we go. We got something, uh, some corroborating stories from uh, down under, from around the world. Pretty good stuff. Thanks for that. Uh, I think this stuff is happening everywhere. You see, you know, you'll see these stories from all over the world. You'll see creatures and aliens and weird looking things. Uh, So it's definitely not just in one area. That's creepy, you know, driving along a country road late at night and you see these things kind of walking across the road. That's, That's a terrifying image. Yeah, well, especially a pack of them. You're outnumbered. One's one thing, right? <laughs> You've got a pack. You got a problem. It's like the uh, the bloods and the crips and the grays, right? <laughs> oh, geez, I'm terrible. Okay, um, uh, Patrick, what's up? He says, "I love you guys. Keep up the good work. Haven't listened in a bit. Been busy, but awesome show tonight. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank it. Thank you, everybody, for all the great comments. Uh, literally, all we get is love, and it's uh, it's amazing. So we appreciate you guys listening." As always, and we appreciate all the great comments and all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, keep it coming, keep it coming. We'll uh, we'll keep doing our best to make good shows, and uh, you guys keep showing up. It's a uh, we got a deal, right? Okay, okay. But what do you think about the alien at this point? We got a good picture there. He's laying on the tinfoil looking blanket, the survival blanket, and uh, he's got his head smashed in, sort of. And we saw some red eyes. I don't know, just like Frank said, does it look like a paper mache thing, or does this look like a real extraterrestrial? Is this flesh and blood? Looks like blood to me. Looks like blood to me. Carl says, I believe. What's up, Carl? Thanks for showing up. Yeah, I mean, you never know, right? The world's a crazy place. 
Wallace, as I believe. Yeah. Crazy place, right? So who knows? Who knows what's actually going on here? So we'll we'll continue this. Anything else in uh, in that bit there, Frank, with the uh, radiation sickness? Yeah. So so what do you find with an alien usually? You see an alien. What's bound to be near that alien? I would say any guesses? An alien spaceship, maybe. Well, I think you're you're right on track. So let's play clip number. All right, action. It was. A big black shaped diamond shaped object that I estimated to be approximately nine and a half feet long by about two three two to three feet high and about three to four feet wide. And in in discussing this I, I call it the obelisk because it reminded me of the top of the Washington Monument. I felt right. this, this sound, this ebbing, low, harmonic sound. So low that, I mean, it was like I could almost feel it in my backbone. Very, very solid tone. And kind of modulating a little bit, up and down, just a little bit. Anyway, I got up, and I crawled up underneath this black thing, and I realized this thing isn't touching the ground. It's anchored to the air. It's not floating. It's not moving. I pulled myself up, got up, stood on my feet, and then lost my balance, and I fell against it. And as I fell against it, the sound changed just a little bit. It became more pleasant sounding for a moment. And this thing was cold, like, like dry ice. I mean, when I pulled my hand away, because of the cold, it, it actually tore the skin off the palm of one of my hands. It was like granite, like polished marble. There was no windows. There was no seams. There was no landing gear. There was no antenna. There was just this black thing. Uh, I mean, I, I thought I was either completely going insane or that I was going to die from this sickness just from the fact that my body was becoming so dehydrated and and I just couldn't control it and after I fell against this thing for a brief second just for a minuscule second I almost felt like I was inside of it and then got thrown out it felt like it was an intelligent machine Okay, so here's here's the photograph, guys. I I put it up and I hear I hear you, full screen. You got it. Zoomed it in as much as I can without cutting it off. Uh, and no, this is not a live recording of this gentleman. This is from 1998 with Art Bell. So this is an old story. So that's kind of what we do, right? We kind of go into history a little bit. We go into some of that UFO mythology, and this would be part of that. And so the the, the claims at this point, like uh, we had people saying this has been debunked, but uh, again. You know, with the way the way news is and the way fake news is and the way uh, you can put out an article saying A and you get an article saying B and then C and then D and then E the next day. So uh, truth is, again, truth is what you make it. And just like Frank said in the beginning, what do you need to see to believe? And this is a there we go. This is a, a photograph of what, of what appears to be a black triangular three dimensional something hovering there in the, in the middle of the forest. I don't see any wires. I don't see any uh, lights or, or thrust or anything, but uh, yeah, there we go. There's there's the photograph, guys. You're looking at it. You're looking at it. 
so there's a weird humming obelisk in the woods and uh, an alien creature nearby. Pretty weird. Pretty strange. Uh, dedicated to debunking this guy. But there's websites dedicated to, debunk to debunking uh, Zachariah Sitchins and all sorts of other people. Uh, I don't know. I read through it. I wasn't really buying it. It was internally inconsistent. So, you know, they would say this guy's name was this. And then they would say it was something else. So even the debunking needed a good debunking uh, if you catch my drift. So yes, technically, if you're looking for an out, you can take that and you can say, yes, it's all being debunked. But if you really go, I read through the entire thing. If you really pay attention to it, I don't know. It seems like kind of an amateur effort, if that makes sense. Uh, we'll link it at the end of the show, but I wouldn't take it too yeah, so so again, this is a you can you can literally you we could talk about GMOs, right? And you, you can find ten that ten million articles probably uh, saying that they're they're fine, and then ten million more articles saying that they're they're going to give you cancer. So it's uh it's the same thing, right? It's it's uh in need of debunking, then you're going to get uh, debunking articles on websites. So so anyway, like always, we don't we don't listen to those guys, right? So we go through, we look at the evidence, we see what we have. If there's photographs, we're looking at them. If there's video, we're looking at it. That's what we're doing. We're talking about, we're hearing the story in the, the man's own words, and here it is. So uh, we're pre presenting it to you. And uh, again, don't listen to us. You make up your own mind. You you take the evidence, and you decide for yourself. So if you think it's fake, fine. Uh, you know, Then enjoy the story. If you think it's not, well... <laughs> I don't know, ready the space force or whatever, but uh, yeah, who knows? Who knows what's actually happening here? But uh, we we got more of this, more of this. So so radioactivity. The guy, the thing burned his hand when he touched it, and uh, pretty pretty pretty. So far, we've got a pretty good, pretty good narrative here, where um, it seems to be like these are the things you would imagine if you encountered an extraterrestrial of some sort, right? Um, there you go. Uh, Todd says he has the picture uh, proof. I believe is uh, it's real. There you go. He says he has pictures, yep. There you go. So many times they don't have pictures, but here we go. And uh, Benjamin says looks like the TRB-3. TR-3B, I mean. Um, so could be. Or Hitler's bell that disappears, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, the one thing about this is uh, this levitation, this anti-gravity force. Uh, that's consistent with all the other narratives, that, uh, especially from, oh, why am I forgetting? The Area 51 guy. What's, well, I'm forgetting that. Uh, what's his name? Not the uh, core bell, art bell, <laughs> art bell. No, no, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. The guy, <laughs> Oh, I'm forgetting it too. You jinxed me, dude. <laughs> uh, help us. What's the I guy's name? The, the guy in Area Bob 51. Lazar. Bob, Bob Lazar. Lazar. Bob yes, Lazar. Bob Lazar. So it's consistent with that. Anyway. anyway, this guy's doing what you should do. He takes pictures. So he's taking pictures of this craft, taking pictures of the alien. Uh, let's play number nine here. Clip number nine. And he actually gets some video. We'll play that. I was actually thinking to myself, this has to be all an illusion. I have, you know, somehow, you know, hurt myself or, or fell down or had some kind of massive stroke, and I am now living in this illusion. That's what my mind was telling me, because mm -hmm. none of it felt real. So when I saw my camera, I thought, well, I'm going to take a picture of this, and none of it will come out. And then it'll prove to me that this nightmare is not going on. That was my thinking. I completely my thinking understand. Was, yeah. I've got this in my hand. I know how to use a camera. You know, I was a pretty good amateur photographer. Photography was kind of my hobby. So I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just prove to myself that this isn't here. 
so I grabbed my cameras. I walked back over to where this was. I took some pictures of the body crawling around on my hands and knees. I crawled back over to where this black floating shape was. I, I tried to clear some of the brush underneath it away so that it was even clearer that it wasn't touching the ground. And as I did that, as I tried to clear some of the ferns away underneath it, there was a feeling as I, as I moved this stick, this branch, to pull away the, the ferns, like there was a density of the air underneath this thing that was different than the air around it. Almost like if you put a, 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 a branch or a board in water. Yes. When, you, when it enters the water, it has a resistance that's different than the air. And this was the same thing, except it was just the air underneath this object that was more dense. And again, I couldn't explain it. I, I, don't, I didn't even want to rationalize. All I'm doing is seeing it in front of me. And I'm focusing on, okay, take the picture. Don't think of anything else. Just work your camera. You know how to work the camera. It was pretty much automatic anyway. And I concentrated on that. I totally focused on, uh, almost obsessively, on take the pictures, Jonathan. Sure. And because it gave me, again, some kind of promise of logic because I knew how to take the picture. I knew how to take the film out of the camera and reload it. And I just kept saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take this. I'm doing this now. I'm taking the picture. And I did. And I also had a video camera with me. And I videotaped this whole area. If you hear the videotape, I am so hyperventilating and so stopping and so throwing up during the videotape that it's clear that I was not recovered. Okay, so we have not only, he says there's photographs, he has a dead alien body in his possession, and now he has video during the incident. So. <laughs> you know, if you, if you listen to this guy, if I were telling this story, it would be something like, I grabbed a branch, I killed the alien because it killed my dog. And then I tried to steal the spaceship, but it wouldn't let me. So I calmly took photographs of the entire thing. That, that would be my retelling of it. You know, uh, I wouldn't admit to thinking that I was going crazy, you know, because he's, you get that, right? He's showing a little bit of weakness here in the way he's telling this. Like he was terrified, like this really did happen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think uh, more amazingly, he has more evidence than anybody else. Uh, you know, like we, we've got multiple photographs. We've got the missing dog. We've got, uh, you know, he's he's telling the story uh, word for word on the uh, the radio station here with, with Art Bell, who's amazing, uh, R.I.P. Art Bell, and yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot here, there's a lot here. So fake or not, it's definitely a compelling story. So uh, is it video time, or we got more more audio clips there, Frank? Yeah, let's play the first couple minutes of the video, and you'll see what he describes. He's very sick, hyperventilating. He can't really focus, and he's he's just trying to take video. He's trying to do the best he can, and I think you'll see that in the video. It'll come across. Uh, it's quite distressing to watch this, actually. So, yeah, let's play it first couple minutes, and that'll be it. Okay, so here we go. We're going to play a couple minutes of this video, and you guys can decide for yourself. So remember, he's uh, 
he's sick. He's hyperventilating. He's vomiting. Uh, he said he was defecating. He had like all kinds of stuff. All, all the fluids are trying to come out of his body at once. Possible radiation poisoning. And he's trying to, uh, remember to take, take, uh, photographic and video evidence. So here's, here's part of that video. <laughs> stop it here you see the video it, it appears that right out there is that craft he was talking about kind of floating in the uh the reeds here at maybe uh 139 in the video so i linked the video if you guys want to check this out it's in the it's in the facebook stream right there in the comments i'm going to keep playing this for another 20 seconds or so and then we'll, uh, we'll continue Okay, so we're going to cut that for now. We'll, we'll pick that up a little bit later. And again, I've linked that in the uh, the chat there. So if you guys want to take a closer look, you can do that. But uh, this guy, you can hear him. He's hyperventilating. He's having a very hard time keeping the video straight and uh, on what's going on here. So uh, yeah, how's it make you feel at this point? <laughs> are you uh, are you guys yeah, terrified? I'm terrified. I challenge I challenge you to breathe like that for two minutes, to hyperventilate like that for two minutes. I think if you do that, you'll pass out immediately, you know, because he's you can tell he's sick or he should win an Oscar, quite frankly, because that is the best I'm dying sickness uh, kind of acting I've ever seen. Quite frankly, what do you think about? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, again, when I first I was watching this video, I was like, really, Frank? (laughs) <laughs> what's going on here and that uh, you got to look close right you gotta you know the context you look closely you, you it's it's not exactly clear what the craft is right until you see the picture of the craft of uh, the other still picture of the craft itself and he zooms into it at the end there at the when we ended the video so you you know it's that same triangular shape uh it seems to be hovering it's in front of the the, the foliage there foliage as you might say and it's uh yeah I, I don't know right again like um I, let's give him the uh 
you get these actors that go to these uh you know trade show awards where they give each other awards and i'd say put them up there i agree like this this is a more terrifying than the Blair witch to me <laughs> so and there you go if uh if this is fun and for the lulls, then uh, it's it's definitely the guy did a good job acting it out, right? Because for sure, for sure, it's it's hard to breathe like that uh, as as a fake, uh, uninterrupted cut, right? So so pretty good stuff. Joshua says this story seems pretty real to me. Most convincing evidence I've seen lately. Yeah, and and this this stuff's all over all over, right? Like uh, again, 1998 Art Bell is uh, where this interview came from. So you uh you know maybe maybe you miss some stuff. Maybe you miss some evidence. And if you if you read a write up or saw an article about this, maybe they misrepresented it. Maybe they didn't give you all the details to make to you know to have you make up your own mind. Which is the whole point. The whole point is to tell when you tell a story, you don't leave out any details so people can make up their mind about the story, right? We don't see that. We see editorializing. We see uh, people you know, leaving out facts intentionally to try and you know drop their own narratives. That's what's going on today. It's 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 propaganda. And it's disinformation. It's, again, a large chunk of what this show's about. So, again, look at the evidence yourself and make up, the, make up your own damn mind. Okay? Don't listen to us. Don't listen to anybody. Okay? Chances are somebody out there is right. Okay? Not everybody's wrong. So it's, it's up to us to kind of sniff it out for ourselves and see what's up and uh, decide you make the decision yourself. But uh, Joshua says that sounds like pure fear in his breathing. Right? Exactly. There's something going on with this guy, one way or the other. So he's out, out there filming in the forest, and he sounds distressed at least. So so there's that. That's evidence, right? All of this is evidence. So, yeah. <laughs> there we are. Uh, how you feel, Frank? How are we looking? And again, again, I think he's doing everything right at this point. If this situation were to really happen, the first thing he did right, kill the alien. Second thing he just, he's done right, take a picture. You know, take some video. Well, he's got a corpse. So what do you think he's got to do? He's got to take it home with him. Yeah. Let's play clip 10 and keep this. All right. So he takes the body home after he sees club the alien in the head. Here we go. I'm sitting there with my cameras and, and putting kind of stuff back in the, the pack. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? Now what am I going to do? Right. It's, it's an hour and a half back to my Jeep from walking comfortably when I arrived. Now I'm crawling on the ground. What am I going to do? <laughs> so I thought, well, I got to, I got to take this body and and in my mind, I'm thinking, i got to take this body and put it somewhere where the animals won't get to it. I was afraid to touch it. I was in fear of everything. But my mind logically said, cover it up. Cover it up so I don't even have to look at it at this moment. That I get. So I tore open this thermal blanket from its package. I opened it up. And I spread it out over the, over the top of this body and just left it like that for quite a while, just not looking at it anymore, just kind of letting my mind go away from it. And that felt better. It felt better not to look at it. So I thought, okay, well, maybe I should take some rocks and place around the edge of the blanket so that, you know, animals don't, don't get at it. Well, there weren't any rocks. And, and I, it just is, it's high enough in the, in the woods and the mountains where there just wasn't any exposed rock, loose rocks. 
Right. And I thought about, well, maybe I can find some more branches and pile it next to the edge of this little rise, this hill, and just kind of cover it up. So, you know, later, maybe I can come back and bring somebody back and, and uh, you know, try to figure out what this is. Well, when I, when I pushed the thermal blanket underneath the edge of it, I moved the body. I could feel my, my hands and my arms moving the body. And I felt surprised that it was so light in weight, that it was so extremely light. I, I folded the, the ends around it. I took the straps of my pack and put around it to lift it up like a sling. And I, I would carry it. I would stop. I would drink some water. I would throw up. Uh, and I would carry it again. And what's amazing is all of a sudden, I ended up back looking at my Jeep and thinking, how did I get here? Uh-oh. So now we have some either lost time or some, some space bending. What's going on here? So he, uh, he didn't or he's, make it. Uh, yeah, maybe he's just sick and he doesn't really realize because that could be an explanation. He's kind of so far out of it that he's on autopilot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Okay. So he does. So he maybe, uh, maybe he forgets how long he was, uh, marching back to the, uh, the, the Jeep there. So, okay. Okay. So definite still. The jury's out. We don't know what's going on with this. Uh, is this guy real? Is this guy fake? Did he make this up? I don't know. I don't know. We got we got more. What do you guys think? So if you want to give us a call and give us a comment on this real quick, 702-957-1037. This show is live. It is Sunday night. It is, uh, what's the date today? January 13th, uh, 2019. So if uh, if you guys are listening tonight, it is live, and uh, we can take your phone call. So please give us a call if you got a comment. You want to tell us if you think this is fake or not, or if you've heard something about this, or... You know something about this. I have some people in, in chat here saying they've seen similar looking things. So themselves personally. So uh, that's a eyewitness account. So if you guys uh, want to call in and tell us about that, we'd love to hear it. 702-957-1037. Go to troubleminds.org or you can click the Discord link, which is also on the top of Trouble Minds website. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Russ, no, Russ I want is making you, a joke. Go ahead, go uh, ahead. Sorry, I want to solicit some I want to solicit some comments from the chat. So uh, tell us what would it take for you to believe this story up till now? What would it actually take? What piece of proof would you need? What would it take for you to believe that this really did happen? Cause I'm curious about that. Yeah. So if you can type that in there. Okay, there you go. So, uh, are the pictures not enough guys Are the pictures enough for you to believe? If, uh, let us know in chat. Uh, what, what, what level of proof do you need to believe this is a real story? Or anything like this? Do you need to see it yourself? Do you need photographs like this and video? The eyewitness account, um, the guy's dog's actually missing. I'm sure uh, his probably family and friends can corroborate that his dog's gone now, or was then anyway, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, let us know. Let us know in the chat if, uh, yeah, okay, what kind of stuff, uh, how much evidence it would take for you guys to believe something like this going down. So there we go. Yeah, so we got the bracelets coming up. We got people talking about the bracelet. It is coming up. It is a part of the story. We have photographs of that, and we do have uh, testimony about him talking about it. So we're going to get there. But uh, So everybody, slow down. Slow down. <laughs> slow down. 
All right. But yeah, so if, uh, again, we're taking phone calls and go to troubleminds.org to find the phone number and the Discord link, and you can uh, get on the show and tell us what you think about this, about the alien, about the attack in the forest, about the dog getting torn apart, about the uh, the video and the photograph he took of the actual craft itself, uh, the alien body, uh, all that good stuff. So anything you guys have, we want to hear. Keep the comments coming, and we want... So I'll actually put up a... Uh, yeah, okay. I was going to put up a poll and ask what kind of uh, evidence, but I think there's too many too many sliding scales to put in a, in a poll. So just uh, just drop it in the comments, and we'll uh, we'll read them as we go. But um, if uh, to me, uh, like like Frank said, he'd have to see it, right? Is that what you said in the beginning there, Frank? You have to look at it with your own eyes. Yeah, I think for me, I would have to be there uh, because it is hard to trust stuff like this. Like I'm right now, even listening to the story myself, I'm of two minds about it. You know, I want to believe, as Fox Mulder said, but I'm also very critical of the evidence and what this guy's doing. So uh, my mind isn't isn't made up. Uh, I'm not all for this. I'm not all against it. I'm entertaining the possibility. There you go. And so, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to have some kind of actual uh, hard, hard evidence. I mean, photographs are good, but they can be faked. Uh, testimony is good. It can be people lie. And uh, the video wasn't exactly conclusive. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, speaking of video, not conclusive, we did that UFO. Remember with the bank in there, there, Frank, I'll drop this. We'll talk about this on Tuesday, but they released the full footage. Did you see that? We'll get to that on Tuesday, but, uh, yeah. So the, the UFO that was banking in Utah that came down at ridiculous speeds, turned and banked and flew by the drone. There's more videos. So we'll, we'll play that on Tuesday. So stay tuned for that guys. Pretty good stuff. But like that, that to me, that's a good video. That's why I brought it up. This, on the other hand, not so much. At least the parts we've seen, the couple minutes we've seen. So so there we go. Um, but yeah, all right. So uh, shall we continue, sir? Yeah, so he he's by his Jeep. He loads up the body. He goes home, and he puts it in the freezer because that's the only place he can think to put it. And then he's like, well, am I really crazy? Did all this happen? Uh, did I actually see these things? Is it actually my an alien in my freezer? Or, you know, maybe I picked up my dog and my mind is so deluded, so confused that I think it's an alien. It's actually my dog. So, again, he thinks he's gone crazy at this point. So he goes home, puts this thing in his freezer. Then what do you do? What do you do in that situation? You've got an alien body in your freezer. What would you do? Um, well, I would, I would call CNN, of course, directly. I mean, the, the, the Paragon of Journalism. And uh, have them break the story. I, I would want this on Don Lemon's show tonight. That's what I would do. <laughs> but I, <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't do that. I'd call up my friends. So that's what he did. Let's play clip number two. And at that point, comfort seemed to con to be to contact my friends who knew me, who I knew, and so I just did that. I called my girlfriend. She wasn't home. I left a message. Call me, please, Im immediately. I called other friends that I worked with. They weren't available. I called my very best friend, Gary, and I left him a message, and he called me back within just a few minutes. And I literally said, help me. I'm, I'm sick. My dog has been killed. <laughs> Susie's dead, and, and I'm home, and I need some help. And he said, I'll be there. And he immediately came, and I told him the story, and of course he didn't believe me, 
but he he was my good friend for many many years and he listened so he and came. he he knew I was sick he came and sat in my living room mhm and i i said well it's it's true it is true it's and he said well jonathan you know we all we all go through difficult times and i'm sure you're you're sure feeling... you probably got a bad bump on the head buddy and... right exactly yeah. And, exactly. and what can I do for you? And, and I got angry. And I said, come with me, and I'm going to take you and show you. And he's reluctant, and he's saying, Jonathan, you know, you just need to rest. You just need to calm down. And I took him to the garage, and I opened the freezer, and I laid it on the floor. And I showed him, and I said, tell me that you don't see this. Tell me this isn't what you see. And Gary's reaction? Well, his jaw dropped open, and he was speechless and for some time. And I, I don't know that he, well, he said a few expletives. At that point, he kind of backed up against the, against the wall, and I said, well, i got to put this back in the freezer. And he just <laughs> stood there. He didn't say anything. And I walked by him, and he was just like in a trance and I said Shock I gotta go in the house I gotta sit down Shock. And, and he followed me in and he sat down and just sat on my in my living room uh, almost speechless and I said it's true this happened and and he just looked at me and he said it's incredible and I said I have videotape you want to see it and he just again stared at me like I was insane, and I took the videotape that I pl that I actually recorded in the forest, and I played it on my television, and it was there. It was all there. the The black floating object, the body, after drinking about a half a bottle of scotch, he came to the point where he says, "Well, I know what this is." He says, "Jonathan, I know what this is. It's got to be some kind of." extraterrestrial or right. some kind of biological creature that somebody created <laughs> there it is guys if you ever need a moment of clarity half a bottle of scotch <laughs> and then and then then and only then do we realize what's happening here <laughs> i think that's a nice touch of the story but okay so he, he calls his friend his friend's like what the hell is this are you kidding me and he's like i gotta put it back in the freezer and th they don't know what to do uh, and again, so think about a friend of yours. If you called a friend over, uh, would something similar like this probably take place? <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like something would take place with a friend of mine if I called him over. It's like, dude, you have to see this. But yeah, I, I'd lend him my bottle of scotch. But go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> this is It's so completely believable because it's exactly what I would do. So maybe that's why I believe it uh, in terms of how the story is playing out. But it's exactly what I would do is this exact thing. So he took a video in his garage when he was showing his friend. Uh, we have that too. And there's an interesting little detail of that video. And I don't know if you know about it, so we'll see if you catch it. But open up that same video and start it up at 445. And let's play that for about a minute or two. Okay, same video, 445. All right, so now he's showing this actual thing to his friend in the garage, right? This, that's the video here. Okay. All right. So we got a full screen. Here we go. We're going to play this sucker. You guys decide for yourself. Action. 
At this point, he actually thought it was dead. So we'll learn later that it wasn't dead. This is the thermal blanket he wrapped it up in, and he had some, some straps he had wrapped around it that he'd taken off his backpack. Yes, see, he is blinking. <laughs> now, he didn't actually see it blinking when he was recording this. He, he was looking through his viewfinder in his camcorder, which was a black and white, white viewfinder. It was about an inch square, and that eyeball probably represented about two or three pixels in that display. So it would have been very difficult to see. Pardon? I can't. The creature was uh, approximately four to four and a half feet tall. He measured it. I, I don't know the exact number. I think he said 40, uh, uh, four feet tall, four and a half. It weighed about 40 to 50 pounds. Extremely light. It was wearing a black one-piece suit that covered its hands and feet seamlessly. There appeared to be no, no seams or buttons or zippers or anything. It just appeared to be totally rounded. You can see it's kind of a, a turtleneck, so to speak. It's kind of a long neck. Well, we didn't have him medically examined, but I would say he had to. <laughs> he had quite a headache, and you'll see that later on. <laughs> He actually, you know, well, some people don't know the story, so let me quickly recap uh, after this video segment plays how the creature actually yeah, got into the state. You can uh, cut that off. Okay. But uh, so th that's a, it, it's a narration of a video, and the narrator kind of gave the surprise away. But if you go to five minutes in that video, you'll see it's blinking. So this thing is like not actually dead. I don't know if. Yeah, actually, I noticed not only that it looks, it, it appears that it's it's slowly rocking its head to the left and to the right, ever so slightly. But I think it's not just the camera moving. I think the thing actually moved. Uh, yeah, but that the, the eyes are blinking, and uh, yeah, interesting stuff there. <laughs> uh, again, that's the same video that I linked previously, guys. That's in the chat. That's pinned in Facebook, all the way at the top there. So if you want to check it out, that's about uh, Frank said four four forty five into the video, and you can. Uh, have a look yourself, but wow. So he had this thing, he clubbed it over the head, put it in his freezer, and the thing's still alive. What is this, hours later or days later? I'm not even sure. It'd be the same day, right? Next this day? was the same day. So, uh, again, think about this in terms of fakery. And, again, I'm not an expert, so this is my amateur analysis, but uh, all the inserting that floating object in the wood when the, the camera's shaking back and forth, that seems pretty difficult to me to do that. And making this thing's eyes blink that seems pretty difficult as well uh, especially with the technology at the time you have to remember this is 1990s so it, unless this guy's you know a photoshop expert uh, that would be a pretty difficult thing to fake and again this thing's eyes were definitely blinking so uh, but he didn't know that at the time he thought it was dead he was still kind of in shock uh, interesting little detail to the story that will become important later this thing is still apparently alive Okay, uh, we got a new comment here. David, what's up? He says, get a life, guys. It's not healthy to go to the extended length to try to get people convinced this is real. Cool. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion, man. <laughs> we're, that's what we're talking about here. So if you think that's the case, that's the case. Uh, you know, that's your reality. That's all good. So uh, your, your reality does not 
circumvent everybody else's. So there's that. But yeah, appreciate the comment. R- really do. Um, Russ says, okay, so he's showing his friend that's in the garage and his friend is saying nothing is, uh, he's just sitting there with the camera recording this. I'm sorry, but I think if someone was showing me that, I'd be freaking out, swearing, saying what the blankety blank is a blank, just freaking out. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh, who knows? Well, okay, so at this point, he's pulled the thing out of the freezer, right? So maybe maybe the guy's had a minute to uh, go through those. Because he did say that he started, you know, cussing up a storm immediately. So this is uh, apparently right after. So he started filming it. And yeah. So anyway, it appears that did happen. So uh, at least according to his testimony there. Um, then, uh, yeah. So Todd says, uh, okay, they're, they're replying to each other. No problem. Paul says, uh, they didn't have really good robotic bots back then. No, no, no. Well, at least uh, commercially available. For sure. Uh, Bill says, uh, you all thought that alien was shaking in that alien autopsy vid the other night as well, but it was just lighting and camera shake. So, yeah, again, <laughs> it's cool, Bill. It's cool, man. We're entitled to be wrong, too. So just saying, uh, go back and look at it. You have the video yourself. I've linked it into the chat. We're not hiding anything from anybody. We're looking at the same stuff. And you decide yourself again, you know. Uh, that's what I saw with my own two eyes looking at my screen right here. It, it seemed like the head moved slightly. And I could be wrong, but go back and look, you know, I'll go back and check it out. And uh, you guys can too, because you have the video link. So we will include that. Yep. We will include that. All right. So go ahead. Go yeah, ahead this isn't uh this isn't us trying to argue one way or the other to convince you that this is true or fake. This is us exploring the evidence together. That's all it is. So, you know, if was the comment by Dave, you know, if you you're seeing something here, you can, point to a detail and say, this is fake for sure because of this and this and this call in. I'd love to hear it again. We're not, we're exploring the evidence so much more so than making arguments. Uh, if it does come off, like we're trying to convince you, we're not, we're just enjoying the story and looking at the details, but let's continue. Uh, what do you do when this happens? You call in and you try to find more details. So this guy called MUFON actually, and let's see what happens. So let's play clip number 14. Some people who were from supposedly the MUFON group, Mutual UFO Network. And we told them, what if somebody had something like this? And what would you do? Who would you talk to? Who could you trust? What, what would you actually do with something like this? So we started asking those questions hypothetically, but seriously. Most people hung up. Most people, we called Air Force, we called the police, we called uh, a lot of different groups who basically didn't want to have anything to do with it because they thought it's a prank. It's got to be some kind of a uh, fraternity prank or something. But when we called the MUFON people, they were excited. They gave us good information to not to tell anybody else, not to talk about it. They wanted to meet me in a public place. They asked if I could bring some of the pictures, if I had had them developed. And uh, within a day, I had them developed. Within a day, okay. Yeah. We, you know, photo processing, there was a lot of independent photo processors who who you could run the, the film up to and they'd have it to you, you know, in four or five hours. Right. So that's what we did. And uh, so anyway, consequently, we met with these people. I gave them a box of, 
of things, you know, pictures and some negatives and a few other things. You had an awful lot of proof. Yeah, yeah, I did at that time. And I gave it to them, and then they said, okay, well, here's, you know, another number for us. Call us back, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be talking to you by tomorrow at a certain time. Well, that time came and went. They never called. We called the number. It didn't exist. It was an out-of-order <laughs> out uh, number. We called a MUFON number that was listed in the directory. That's, you know, a paper book for those who don't know. Um, the phone book, and they said they never had heard from us. They said that they had never gotten a call from us. So somebody had intercepted right. my phone, my phone calls, had, you know, pretended to be MUFON. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Uh, so he calls MUFON and leaves a report, and then comes to find out later that uh, they, they say they never heard from him. So the report that was taken is not officially with MUFON. Larry says, MUFON has been compromised. Wouldn't trust them. Yeah, I was about to say, um, in the last 10, 15 years, a lot of people have been starting to come to the conclusion that MUFON is actually some kind of government organization, like a controlled opposition uh, dissemination of false information outfit that it's not actually there to help people. It's there to collect the details, suppress the important stuff and release all the nonsense. Like a lot of people are saying that. And this guy was saying it well before the time. So again, I'm not trying to argue for this. I'm not trying to argue against it, but that is an interesting little detail. If you've been following this UFOlogy is a lot of people don't trust this MUFON organization. And uh, so in, in, in a day and age, like uh, we have MUFON out there then, and we have uh, the two the stars academy that seems like uh in my opinion they're a fraud and so who do you trust who can you trust with this type of information you certainly don't call your local sheriff because they they're not going to help you as we found with the other the samurai sword story uh you know cutting off the heads of aliens on uh what was that ranch stardust ranch it's uh you know like they did call the sheriff and what they do they came out and said we can't help you so i mean the the the, the number of places you can call and get help seem to be shrinking, right? <laughs> MUFON doesn't help. Uh, your, your local sheriff doesn't help. Uh, local police. Uh, the government's not going to help you. So, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, where do you go? What do you do? Imagine, think about it. If something like this happened to you, and we've had people here, Benjamin for one, where things like this have happened. He's had some really frightening events happen in his life, and he's not sure where to go or who to talk to. Because who can you talk to? Who can help you? When things like this happen and you, it, it's literally and truly out of this world. It, it's unexplainable by, by most standards. And who has the authority or the ability to help you? That's the scary part. That's definitely the scary part. Yeah. Fred, Fred mentioned, sounds like Art believed him at the time. Yeah. Uh, Art was pretty good at sniffing out a rat too. That was one of his talents, I think. But yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Frank? Maybe Frank's not there. Paul continues. The government has been hiding this stuff for so long. Project Blue Book is real, but it is not the first Blue Book. Let's, uh, the second one that has all the alien encounters and everything else. Uh, go back to Project Sign was the original before Project Blue Book was where it all started. And, uh, 
is now currently uh, apparently let's see let's see if uh, oh yeah oh yeah Frank dropped all right so we'll continue with the rest of the story without Frank until Frank comes back but okay so so let me collect here all right so uh, Ben Ben wants to know so is there any info on where this guy is now what happened to the alien body etc yes we have additional clips so let's uh let's keep on trucking here so he called MUFON all right that was uh, the latest clip here we played. And uh, it, it, it appears to him that his call was intercepted somehow, and he thought he talked to somebody at MUFON, but then comes to find out later that they actually didn't get this report. So some kind of shenanigans. Uh, at, at the very least, most innocuous thing, it got misfiled, thrown away, uh, whatever, and somebody made a mistake, a clerical error, let's say. Or at the most uh, sinister, uh, his call was literally intercepted by somebody and... Uh, you know, so it, it, his story didn't get out. So there we go. There's a, there's the two, uh, opposite ends of the takes. So, all right. So then it continues. So we have, uh, after MUFON, let's, uh, let's go to the next clip. Let's see what he says in clip 15 here. So, and then it got worse. And then people started coming to my door and knocking on my door three individuals who were dressed in black who drove a great big black car and who were very strange the way they talked to me in that it was almost hypnotic their conversation it felt like you were a little bit sleepy when they were talking to you. they were in black suits let me just say these people who came to my house were organized they were professional they were definitely stating facts that i didn't believe they could know uh, they were telling me in a very calm professional manner dr reed we know what you have we know what you found and if you don't give it to us your whole life is going to to change and they started softly saying change. Then they started saying, your life will never be the same. Neither will it be for your, your family and your friends. The threats were, were apparent. Yeah. And letting yeah. me know that they would take care of this unless <clears throat> I complied with their demands. Well, I told them to get the bleep out of my house and that I was calling the police. And they calmly stood up and walked to the door and they said, that's okay, the police are with us. And oh, I brother. looked out into the, the street behind their car and there was a Seattle police car parking there. Holy moly. And they just really? said, we will be in touch. You have an option and I just again told them to get the bleep out of my my yard and my house. I was angry. They said they were going to take away my life. Okay, so this is this certainly seems. Uh, we did a show on Men in Black a while back, guys, and we've had people call in. Actually, we had uh, Benjamin has had uh, some instances where he's he's had contact with what he believes are Men in Black, and also um, I believe uh, who was it. Somebody else. I'll, I'll remember his name shortly. But uh, we we've had a couple calls where people actually have have had incidents with Men in Black 
Okay. Then this kind of fits the profile, right? So he, he felt uneasy around them. It seemed like time was maybe slowing down. They were very professional. They were dressed in black, the whole deal, right? Uh, they knew all about everything that was going on and they, uh, they, they thinly veiled threats, uh, this type of thing, right? So, so what's actually happening with this guy? Was this, uh, the government's onto him now and they want this, they want this body so he can't continue to tell the story and take photographs and, uh, maybe get on the Art Bell show like he did. I mean, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff going on with this at this point. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think Frank's back. If, uh, if you, uh, if you're in Frank, just say, what's up? We're, we're just keep, we're going to keep on trucking with the clips. If not, yeah, I think I'm back. I had a brief internet hiccup, so hopefully it sounds okay. And we're welcome back, buddy. We just played the men in black and, uh, yeah, so he was visited and what the hell, right? What the hell? So it seems like the government might be onto him. Uh, the, the MUFON call that seemed to be a little bit weird. And then uh, the Men in Black uh, visit, which seems to be a thing after uh, some kind of extraterrestrial uh, visits, right? Uh, it seems to be a normal thing where Men in Black show up. So I'm uh, going to go back and read this comment from Todd. Thanks, Todd. He says, MUFON is a bunch of investigators. It's not like they are super ops, super soldiers that can protect anyone from anything. There's no one that can do anything for you when things like this happen. And uh, I think that's a, that's a great point and which is what makes it most terrifying, right? Because you can't actually pick up the phone number and call 911 and get help. You just can't. It doesn't work like that in, in instances like this. So anyway, we're going to keep on going. Uh, so anything else there with the men in black, Frank, if you're still there? Yeah, so... So again, he's he's called all these people. He said before he called uh, the police, the military. They're onto him. They know about him. And you know, Mufon took some of his evidence, and then turned out not to be Mufon. So people know about this. Like they're they're narrowing down onto him. Uh, let's move on with the story. Keep going. Let's play number sixteen. Uh, he invites his doctor friend over to investigate the corpse, but the doctor doesn't show up. And then something interesting happens. So let's play that. But anyway, I was angry. I was angry that he didn't come. You know, here's a friend that I needed, and he didn't come. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go back out to the garage. I had taken out a, a table and a big light to let this guy examine Freddy, you know, which right. we, took to, we took to calling this alien Freddy because Gary said it reminded him of one of his old bosses. So, <laughs> and so, Gary, so Gary named him. I don't mean to laugh. Right, Gary named no, him. No. Exactly. Gary named right. him Freddie. I didn't want to give it a name. I didn't. Mm. I did not want to make it personal. That was a killer of your dog. Um, exactly. So, I'm putting away the table, the folding table, and the light in the garage, and I hear this sound that sounds kind of like a, a scratching or a rubbing sound. And oh, I thought, God. well, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the, the compressor or the freezer, because it was an older freezer that somebody had gave to me. And uh, I thought, well, if the compressor's going out, you know, the body is going to decompose. We're going yeah, to be in trouble. trouble. Yep. Um, and, and then I thought, well, maybe it's rats, or maybe there's a rat, you know, or something in some paper or something behind the freezer or whatever. But anyway, I thought, okay, well, I'll look in the freezer because there's a thermometer inside the freezer door. Right. And if the temperature is going up, then obviously the compressor is, is broken. Yes, sir. So I just went over there just like I had time and time again for the last three days. 
opened the door. And this thing that was in the thermal blanket un- unwound itself and stuck its head out and started screaming at me. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. So, so in the video, its head was moving. Uh, which, which I, I thought I spotted. Maybe I didn't. Uh, it, it, its eyes seemed to be fluttering ever so slightly. The, the video quality was crap, but it seemed that that was the case. And now he opens the freezer, which seems to be broken now and warming up. And this thing is moving and screaming at him. <laughs> Jeez. Oh boy. So, okay. Uh, we, we just went from, um, uh, wow, this seems crazy to, wow, this seems crazier. This is nuts. What's going on with this? Uh, uh, is there any, um, any sound clips of the, the screaming there, Frank, that we got? Did he, was he, was he close enough of to hit record is. on? Is that, <laughs> okay. Of course there is. So let's play, let's jump right to it because we're near, we're, I think we'll go long in this episode to get through all these. It's such a good story, but let's play clip number 17. You'll hear the scream. So this guy, again, this is what's fascinating about this particular case is there's tons of evidence and you may believe that evidence. You may think it's all fabricated, but at least he has something to show for it. So let's play clip 17 and you'll hear the alien scream. So the entire time that I had it in my Jeep, in my house, on the floor, looking at it with my friends, it was, it was alive. It was playing possum. You know, I mean, maybe in the woods and in my Jeep, maybe it was unconscious. But the truth is, and I think you've seen the tape, is when I opened it up in my house on the garage floor and videotaped it after it was home, thinking that it was just completely dead with a big hole in its head with blood and everything else, it was actually moving. You can see in the videotape that it blinks its eyes and it moves its facial muscles just a little bit when I'm not hovering directly over it. I told the you it was moving. The reality is it seemed to want to stay in the freezer because I went back out there a few hours later with Gary and it was inside the freezer and the door was closed and I thought, well, maybe the the lid came down on his head or something, mm. or maybe he passed out or is unconscious. And so I, again, cracked open the lid of the freezer, and this time it didn't scream. It just kind of looked up at me and made some weird, chirpy, squeaky sounds, kind of, kind of almost like a bird or a dolphin sound. Okay, like a bird? Or a dolphin sound, and I told you it was moving. And that, look, go back and watch that video and watch its head ever so slightly. Its head's moving. Okay, so, so the screams are in the next clip. Uh, I'm confused by that, but that's all right. <clears throat> we'll hear them in a second. Uh, it's interesting. So if you don't know, playing possum is possums pretend to be dead. Uh, when I was a kid, I had cats outside, and the possum was eating their food. So I beat the thing with a shovel. And it, you know, played dead for a while, and then it got up and walked away. So that's something animals do: is they fake their own death. They play possum. Interesting. This thing did it too. Yeah, David says uh, he said the craft was so cold it burnt him when he touched it. What if he healed it by putting it in the freezer? That's a good, good observation. Yeah, <laughs> didn't Wait think about that. Maybe it likes that temperature in the freezer. So, uh, yeah, it could be. 
Okay. So what do you guys think? Yeah, let's go. What do you guys think? Uh, one more time, let's drop this. 702-957-1037. If you uh, have comments on this uh, to this point, we're going to finish this out in the next 15, 20 minutes. But if you got, you want to get on and give us a quick comment about uh, this incident or maybe you've seen something similar or feedback on the show or you want to say hi, we're open to that. 702-957-1037. Go to troubleminds.org. That's our official website. You can also find the Discord link there. It's a, a chat client and a voice client. It's how Frank and I do the show. Hop on. Say hi. We're waiting for you guys. So and we're going to continue and finish the story out. we got about, uh, say, 10 to 20 minutes left here. We're going to we're gonna keep on going. All right. So uh, <laughs> play this next clip, and, and we'll hear the scream. He did record it, and uh, it's kind of terrifying, honestly. All right, action. There is a recording of this scream. Now, how in the world, and how did it get recorded? How did this happen? Well, later on, not this moment, but later on, I had actually taken a video camera out to uh-huh. the garage uh-huh. in hopes of, of recording it. But not at this moment, but this scream actually came from later on. But it was the same type of scream. It All right, I might, be able to, I might be able to play it. Let me see. Let me see if I can do that. <laughs> that sound? That's it. That's it. And it was so intense. It was so powerful that it felt like it was pushing against your chest, pushing you away from this, like, like it was some kind of uh, defensive move. And at that moment, I think I've got a bigger problem. This thing is alive or half alive, and it's going to kill me for attacking it. And I literally ran in the house. And I left the door open. I didn't care. I hoped it would run away. And I just ran in the house and slammed the door and and called Gary and said, "We got a bigger problem, <laughs> a really big problem." And of course, uh, he didn't believe me. Oh, and I, really? And I said, "You've got to come over here." And he went through the same process, the same idea. Well, Jonathan, you know, you're probably just stressed. You're probably still just sick. And I'm I just said, listening, and I'm stressed. And, and all I said was, "Come with me." I'm not going to say anything to you. Come with me. And we went in the garage, and of course he was just, you know, perfectly fine until I opened the until I opened the freezer, and it came out and started screaming at him. <sighs> and I I didn't think he was going to stop running because he ran out of that garage and and just kept going. He couldn't even get to the door fast enough. <laughs> Okay, okay. We got some requests here. David says, I'm really curious if anyone went back to the craft. That's a big piece of the puzzle. Well, that is true. I think, uh, I don't know. I don't think we have an answer to that. Is there an answer to that, Frank, that you're aware of? Yeah, we do. Um, I don't know where it is, though. We'll get to that. We definitely have that. Um, We'll put that at the end, though, because I'm not sure what clip that is. Okay, real quick, then. We got one more request. One more request. Just... Uh, Millie wants us to play the scream again, so I'll, I'll just cut straight to the scream one more time. We'll uh, cut the uh, interview and play the scream once more, and then we'll uh, we'll keep on trucking here. Here we go. So excuse the skips. Gonna skip through this. There is a recording 
of this screen. For attacking it, and I literally... Let me see if I can do that. There we go. That sound? There's the scream again. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Okay. Okay. Um, And Millie adds, it sounded like a chaotic orchestra. That's a great way to put it. Okay. So, all right. Let's uh, keep on trucking, Frank. What's what you got next? Yeah. Sorry about that scream. It's interesting that the ship was like resonating. I remember back in earlier in the story, the ship was resonating in like some kind of frequency. And that scream, it didn't sound like a vocalization. It sounded, again, like some kind of resonant frequency. Uh, almost as if these things communicate with tones or pulses rather than vocals like we're communicating now. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know what? Uh, this thing does have a gash in its head, so maybe you just, like, it was like a guttural howl. Like, if, if, if a person did that, you wouldn't expect that to be their language, right? You woke up with, like, a, a shovel in the back of your head type of thing, you'd probably make a sound similar to that. <laughs> so maybe that wasn't yeah, even a language, but but okay, okay. All right, there's two takes for you. Okay. All right, what's next? Okay, I found the uh, clip. Someone did go back for the ship, but this is just extra material. So let's play Obelisk or Ship. It's really quick. And All right, here we go. The the Obelisk itself, did anybody go back? Did anybody check whether it was still there? Yeah. We did the next day. We and? drove back. Gary drove back, took a trailer and chains and a truck, and he was bound and determined to drag that thing out of the forest one way or another. It was gone. But the more interesting thing is all the plants and the ferns that I tore out underneath it were put back like it was pristine, like nothing had ever happened in that space. Wow. Like time had been reversed in that place. Okay. (laughs) Look at that. Johnny on the spot with the answer. So, yeah, they went back for the craft, and uh, there was no disturbance in the vegetation. And everything looked like it had been not disturbed whatsoever. So, uh, whoa, whoa. Pretty crazy stuff. Convenient, is, is that a convenient answer or is that some kind of drone autopilot returning to where it came from? You know, which one is it? Uh, it's convenient that it wasn't there because then he doesn't have to provide proof for it. But it also makes sense that, you know, you don't just leave your alien ship laying around in the forest. You want to get it back. Right. Well, I mean, somebody would want it back, right? I mean, uh, going by uh, the way the economy works here on Earth, uh, you know, high-end military craft are ridiculously expensive. So, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. Okay. But, uh, uh, all right. So, what's next, Frank? Yeah, let's keep going. So, he, the men in black showing up. He's alerted half the world to this. People know he has it. People know he's got all this evidence. And he's got pictures. Obviously, they know he has the body. So, well, what happens? The feds show up, and they start ransacking his house. So, Well, on the ninth day, I came back home, drove home from my house after being with Gary for a while. And I drove home in the evening, and I drove up to my house, and I found that there were two vans parked up on my lawn with men going in and out of my front door with, uh, you know, dollies taking taking uh, things out of my house. Hmm. So I didn't want to stop, so I went somewhere else and came back later and found that my house had been totally ransacked, totally destroyed. They had probed the walls and the floor and the ceiling. They had taken the toilet off of the floor mounts. Uh, 
There was water spewing everywhere. They had probed the grass in the lawn looking for things with some kind of kind of object. There were holes in the grass. I went to the garage, and the freezer was gone. They had the taken, freezer, the whole freezer. The whole oh freezer was gone. Also, okay. some other things that didn't make any sense. They had taken a whole cord of wood that was piled in the garage. What I found when I went to that garage, when I saw what I saw, there were... There were small, frost-looking, frosty, wet footprints going across the floor and to the wall, stopping like it walked through the wall. It didn't go to the door. It didn't go to the, the other big door, which had been pried out of the wall with pry bars. It just went to the wall. And I thought, maybe he got away. Maybe he actually got away. Did he get away or was he taken by the government? <laughs> That's interesting. So uh, did they kick in the back door? They, did, they, uh, did they pry their way out or did the alien get away? Uh, hmm. Yeah, so it seems, uh, I'll, I'll jump ahead a little bit in the story. It seems the alien did escape because later in this guy's life, this alien Freddy actually comes back and visits him, believe it or not. Uh, we don't have clips for that, but, you know, the story gets a little weird at that point. So the alien does come back and, you know, visits with him from time to time, apparently. So it did escape the clutches of the government, uh, according to this guy. But more interesting is after this point, what happens? And I think we've seen this time and time again is this whole idea of depersoning and deplatforming is we've seen that um, with Bob Lazar with tons of people is that's what they do. They take away your credentials. They make you a non-person. They take away your property, your bank, your money, they, they try to shut you up as best they can. And they do that by essentially turning you in, into a non-person. And that's what happens to this guy after his house is ransacked is they turn him into essentially nothing by taking everything away from him. So let's play that clip. Uh, gets help post depersoning where he meets an author. Uh, you'll, you'll hear, you'll hear what happens. Okay. Action. After a year I had been gone and I sat in a basement of a house with a gun in one hand and his phone number in the other. Mm. I was ready to kill myself because my life was over. Nothing was the way it should have been. I couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't work. My, my job had been taken away from me. I'd lost thousands of dollars. My life had been erased. All of my accreditation from all my colleges was gone. So I figured I can shoot myself anytime. I might as well make this phone call. So I called this number and these people said to me, Jonathan, what can we do to help you? We know you're in distress. Mm. Okay, well, this number wasn't Robert. This number was other people who I call the Alliance, who basically helped me, who basically got me healthy. I had lost over 100 pounds. I had been stealing food just to survive. You know, I was homeless for a year. And now I called okay. the number. The people told me, we'll get you better. And maybe you're going to want to talk to somebody about this story someday. Maybe you're going to want to chronicle this. So they gave me the name of Robert, this freelance writer. And, okay. and I called him, and I talked to him, and I mm -hmm. said, this is, I've got a story, but I've got to talk to you about it face-to-face. -face. Okay. Right. So he, he came from California. He went and met me. And he listened to what I had to say. He probably thought I was insane to begin with. 
Hey, man, at some point in our lives, I think we all might be a little bit insane. So it's okay, buddy. Definitely. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. All right, all right. A couple of points <laughs> about this here. Um, so there again, let's go back to this debunking webpage surrounding this guy. There's a ton of stuff there. He doesn't have degrees, all that. They did the same thing to Bob Lazar, but remember in the case of Bob Lazar, because he's more famous than this guy, investigative reporters went and checked. Yes, he did work at area 51. Yes, he did work with this particular scientist. Uh, remember the story where, you know, they contacted the hospital, which Bob Lazar was born in and the hospital said, no, he wasn't born here. And then they actually went back and found the records and proved that he was. So this kind of thing does happen. Uh, they take away your credentials and your identity. Like it did happen. And in Bob Lazar's case, it was partially reversed by people looking into it. Well, this is a lesser known story. So no one's really done the work to look into this. So I can believe it. I can believe they took away everything as he describes and they've essentially depersoned him. Yeah. With Bob Lazar too, if you recall, so they, they said he never worked at Los Alamos, uh, which was the, the initial uh, spot he worked in as a physicist. But uh, George Knapp says that he went back, that George Knapp being the reporter that broke the story, went back to Los Alamos with Bob Lazar, and there were people there that still knew him from the late 80s when he did work there. So it's, um, yeah, you know what I mean? There's, there's different, uh, again, uh, conflicting evidence here. And the problem with that is, there's there's disinformation campaigns and all you have to do is go google anything okay and i say google specifically google anything and you'll see you'll see that no matter what the topic is you're going to have a ton an avalanche one way and an avalanche the other way complete polarizing opposite gmos are good gmos are bad organic is good organic is bad on and on no matter what you look up there's going to be some avalanche of contradictory evidence and you have to sort through and figure it out. So anyway, anyway, good stuff. Good stuff. So a uh, few more uh, comments here. Millie says ninth day. Did we miss a big part of the story? Yeah. You know what? Probably uh, we've only got two hours. So uh, <laughs> we, we got to squeeze it in. And I think uh, we pretty much worked at a little bit over two hours now. So we can't, we can't squeeze in every single detail, but if this intrigues you, I'm sure there's more out there because uh, we've got some clips that we skipped that Frank was great uh, clipping out. You can go listen to that full um, Art Bell interview, which still exists out there somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, all, all this stuff is there. Like, all this stuff is out there. So if you want to uh, kind of follow up on this and see what's uh, filling the gaps, you're more than welcome to it. And again, that's part of the part of the thing, right? You yeah, go through the evidence. We're, we're trying to... Exactly, go ahead. Sorry, you know what Andrew, I'm about to say. We're, we're trying to... Uh... Yeah, we're trying to condense this information down into a timely fashion. I had to go through like eight or nine hours of interviews to get all this. So it is difficult to sit down and listen to this stuff for 10 hours uh, to get the full story. Uh, there's other stuff we skipped. For example, he did have witness testimony. So some of the people that saw the body, I think Gary as well. Uh, yeah, Gary, I believe, uh, actually went on the radio and backed him up, you know, said, yes, I saw this. The author he just mentioned in that latest clip went on the radio and said, yes, I've seen the evidence. So there was witness testimony uh, to kind of corroborate his story. Uh, in the interest of time, we've skipped that, but it's out there somewhere. And we can link that to you if you're really interested. There you go. So uh, we're a little bit over 
over two hours here. So we're uh, we're winding down. <laughs> What's up, Martin? <laughs> Martin, Martin from Sweden. He says made it live all through, although only for the last few seconds. Going to listen to the show soon. Thank you. What's up, Martin? Martin gets last. <laughs> Martin gets official last. He's our uh, he's our as far as we know the only fan in Sweden. <laughs> Thanks for showing up, man. It's very early in the morning for him. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, we're uh, we're winding this down. We're at, this is the end of the story. Yeah, is there more here, Frank, that we can squeeze in? It's uh, two hours five minutes at this point, so we can go as long as we need because it's our damn show, and we can do what we want to do. So, uh, how do, how are you feeling about this? Absolutely, I think we're going to need another ten minutes uh, to get through this thing in full because we've got to talk about the teleportation artifact. Oh, that's right. That, though, let's play the let's play the black alien suit clip. A short one, because if you remember in the videos and the photographs, this alien was wearing a black suit, so he investigated that. All right, action. But then one thing was very interesting is I took an exacto knife and I attempted to cut the suit. And as I cut a two-inch strip in it, it sealed itself up. Oh. And then I cut it again, and it sealed itself up again. And the third time, it wouldn't let me cut it at all. Really? And what's interesting about that art is five, That's almost a learned behavior, right? Five years later, NASA came out with a press release that said, five years later, that they had invented a material that was a healing fabric. Oh, oh, there we go. Did I explain his uh, black bodysuit turtleneck? <laughs> that could that could be it, huh? Interesting, interesting. <laughs> wow. Are we still there, Frank? Or am I solo again? All right. Uh, so Justin says, uh, "Run it late. We're all interested." <laughs> okay. Uh, again, if open phone lines, guys. If you want to call in seven zero two nine five seven one zero three seven, the the lines are open. They've been open all show. We had a caller early. And uh, they're still open. So we can take a phone call or you can jump on Discord if you like. Go to troubledminds.org. That's the official website. And you can click the Discord link. You can get on there. You can talk to Frank and Mike and whoever might be listening. And you can tell us what you think. Is this is this BS? Is this legit? Is this uh, was this just uh, one of the things you think should pass into history and we should ignore it and uh, look into other things, other extra extraterrestrial extra life? Uh, or Yeah. <laughs> Where are we at? What are we looking at? Let's see if Frank's still here. He probably got booted. Uh, he's here. He's he's in the thing. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, all right. So, we're going to get to the, uh, the. let's see. All right. So, he's got that. Now, I'm going to put this bracelet up. So, this is a teleportation bracelet. I'm going to put this up a photograph so that we can all see this real quick. And hold on. That's what somebody was talking about early on in the stream. One moment here. Where am I? All right. Let's see. Okay. But, yeah. So if you guys want to give us a call, it would be fantastic right now because, uh, you know, we need a couple, three minutes to figure this out. And uh, otherwise, I'll, uh, you'll have to bear with me for one second here. All right. Live shows. you got to love the live shows. Okay. So, all right. Pulling up the bracelet. Okay. So we got a photograph of this this bracelet here. Now, this was, um, I don't know, the actual end of the story here because Frank was the one that put the story together. But we've got clips. So I'm going to play some clips here. All right, so black suit. Uh, what was the alien? Do? All right, we're gonna play this, and let's hope this is uh, related here. So this was um, s supposedly to do with remember when he lost time in the beginning, and he got back to his ship dragging the alien body, which is an hour and a half hike back to his jeep. I believe this is related. So uh, I'm gonna play this clip, and if not, then uh, we'll we'll wind this sucker down and finish this up. Did the did Freddy 
did the alien ever relay to you through telepathy or otherwise uh, as to its possible origin and why it might have been in the forest that day? Why did you run into it? Did, did he hint to you in any way for the possibilities of this? Thank you for taking my question. I'll take my answer off the air. Sure, it's a good one, too. Uh, yes, ahead, yes, he did. After a period of years of communicating with this little guy, I have kind of built up some idea about how he formulates his communication. Mm-hmm. First of all, he's, he's a, a genetically engineered worker. He is designed and built to do the same type of job that we would send a rover to do on Mars. But the only difference is he's biology. He was designed to be in our environment, in our atmosphere. So he's like a biological probe. Exactly. But he has all the sensitivities of a living person. He is alive. He is a living creature who has feelings and, and, and curiosities. He's very curious. Um, but he doesn't have a great extensive knowledge base. I think it's designed so that it, it does a job. It was built to do a job. And the, for the most that we can determine that that was something to do with geology of the area that I found okay. in. That right. he was doing something to do with, with the earth and the geology. Okay, so that actually wasn't the right clip. I think this is the right clip. I think uh, Frank linked it as he <laughs> as the internet <laughs> devoured him. So I'm going to play this, and then we'll uh, end this up. Uh, so this is the the bracelet that's on screen that you guys are looking at right now. So as you as you heard in the clip there, so this alien that they've affectionately dubbed Freddy apparently came back multiple times in the future and uh, contacted this guy. So, uh, but this is regarding the bracelet, I believe. So here we go. Let's play this, and then we'll uh, finish this up. Well, the device. The cuff that I found that I call the link artifact right. is functional. It's functional? It's functional. It and is, it's function, it is. its function is what? Well, it it's kind of a communication device and also mm-hmm. a type of teleportation device. I still have it. It's not in my possession, but I still have it. It's in good hands and non-communist Russia. And what it does is truly fantastic. And it's already in a safe place beyond my control. But what's kind Uh, of interesting, Art, is the materials that you found in your pieces of metal are also in my piece. Oh, the the link artifact was analyzed in Osaka, Japan in 1999 by the University of Osaka. Really? They they did metallurgy testing and uh, biochemistry testing and x-rays and all kinds of things. Do tell. What what, what did they find? They found that the basic materials were silicon polymer, beryllium, aluminum, magnesium, copper, zinc, bismuth, gold, Wow. Some unknown, unidentifiable materials. That the <sighs> layers inside of this thing, even though it's very thin in its actual thickness, it's only about three sixteenths of an inch thick, is right. made up of 
layer after layer of micron type layer, three to four microns in depth. Wow. That is like plant material, like the fibers in a plant leaf. And they believe that this is a biological living biology. Okay. (laughs) Holy smokes. All right. So this bracelet now has exotic materials, apparently. He says it was actually examined by scientists, and there are exotic materials. And this thing is a biological living entity. And we're talking about the bracelet here. (laughs) <laughs> the the device that is functional, as he said. So, uh, wow, wow, pretty good stuff. So uh, here we go. This was uh, aliens in the freezer, guys. So one more time, remember, uh, we go through this. We we uh, we try and get the the evidence together and put it into two hours. Okay, so uh, it, it uh, sometimes it fits, sometimes it doesn't. And uh, this one, there's some other stuff you can look at. So if you're intrigued, go ahead, uh, check out the. Uh, this was 1989, is when uh, or no. Was it 80? I believe it was, uh, I'm sorry. I said 89. I think it's 98, I believe, is when it happened with Art Bell. So uh, uh, remember, the guy's name is, we'll pull this up again. His name is Jonathan Reed. So if you Google Jonathan Reed uh, I'll, and aliens, I'll bet you you'll get this. So if you want to uh, dig into it a little bit more, if uh, if you want to go back over the evidence, go ahead and uh, check it out. We'll, we'll, we'll be here for you on an archive. But we're going to end this up. Uh, Frank, it seems like he dropped off. Um, so... Next episode will be Tuesday, and yeah, exactly. Next episode on troubled minds. We'll uh, we'll fill you in on the bracelet. On um, I believe it's a teleportation bracelet as well. So we'll do some of that. We're out of time now. Uh, a couple more shout outs before we go. We got uh, uh, Paul. Uh, he says, "Hey Paul, what's up from uh, Wimslow, England? Wilmslow, England. I'm not sure that's the right way to say it, but what's up, buddy? Thanks for showing up. And uh, yes, yes, I got your shout out. And uh, everybody else, thanks for sticking with us. And yeah, so that's, uh, this is um, story time. This was story time. So what we're going to do is uh, Tuesday and Thursday again, we'll do open topics and we'll do news stories that we think need to be touched on. But uh, we're, uh, we're going to, uh, we'll be here. We'll be here for you. So I'm going to cue the outro music and uh, read you the, uh, the end credits, which of course is going to be how to help us out if you want to do so. If you enjoy the show, <laughs> we appreciate that you enjoy the show and we appreciate that you help us out. So uh Let's play this. Let's play. Uh, let's go to uh, radioactive beats again. Let's play this as the outro. This was lent to us by again radioactive beats. <laughs> you can find them on SoundCloud. <laughs> just a friend that watches in the chat here, just like you. So this is music he made, and we play this from time to time, and we will in the future, and we'll uh, mix some of his other music in. So if you want to check it out, if you like it, cool. I kind of dug it. That's why I put it in here. And, uh, yeah. So, (laughs) here we are. You guys are listening to Troubled Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange. Next show, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Pacific. Got the question there in the chat. Fred says, great show, guys. Thank you. Uh, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. We'll see you. And we also have another Thursday, 8 p.m. Open Topics. You guys can call in. Uh, you can take the lead on that show, and we appreciate that as well. So we'll have things prepared to talk about, but uh, we'll kind of follow what you want to talk about. If you want to talk more about this show, no problem. Uh, we can do more about the bracelet and finish this off, but uh, two hours is two hours, and we're already over. So it's, you know what I mean? Like, if you don't go to bed on time, boy, I tell you, the morning sucks. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, hold on. Let's see. Uh, Paul. Hi, Paul from Texas. What's up? 
What's up, Paul from Texas? What do you think of the story? Okay, uh, uh, Terry, hello from Renton, Washington. Thanks for thanks for showing up, guys. You guys are all the best. Appreciate it. Um, so, one more time, you're listening to Trouble Minds Radio. I'm your host, Michael Strange. I was here with your co-host, Frank Pierce. <laughs> Thank you for listening. You're all the best. We appreciate the support. We appreciate the comments. We appreciate the calls. We appreciate you sharing. Please share. Tell your friends. Please go to our website. Please follow all our social media. Please retweet. Please do the thumbs ups. Please leave the comments. Please leave us leave us the ratings. All of those things help. We appreciate that a lot. So, yeah. And as we end this, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Thanks for coming, guys. We'll see you Tuesday night. And from our troubled minds to yours, have a great night. <laughs>